Are you proud of yourself? It, it, you, it, okay, we got to First of all, you, maybe maybe the radio was right. Did you forget how to do levels? No. It was already preset when I came in. No, here. no, no, no. Like when when you play the music and then I start talking. I fade it down. Yeah, but you didn't start doing that. I was waiting like, for you to talk. No, I was talking. And then, and then you asked me a question. <sighs> Ryan, I I vouch for you. <laughs> I need you to come through here. God, I'm so sweaty. I'll tell you about that in a second. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. Ryan Chell is in for Griffin today, and we'll see how this goes. Hopefully it'll be like Dean Kramer filling in for Jack it's, Flaherty. It's not a great start with him wearing that godforsaken. I didn't wear the whole getup. Are them. you just a mark? Is that all it is? Like, no. It doesn't matter what they put out. You're like, oh, just, here's my money. Have it. I did go down there day one. God. But no self-respect. Have to support the team. There's a lot of ways to do that, pal. All right, you can you can keep bringing the you can keep the fade going. It's still I don't I don't think we found the appropriate level yet. Uh, so I've had a morning, and I'll tell you about it in a second. Uh, we do have a lot to do on the program today. We're going to talk some Orioles after their win last night. Ben Verlander will check in with us a little bit later on. Uh, also this morning, we're going to talk some uh, Maryland football. DJ Glaze, uh, Maryland offensive tackle, will join us. And also we will check in with Jerry DiNardo, a Big Ten Network analyst who was just in College Park on their uh, Big Ten preseason tour. God, I am really sweaty. So let me, let me tell you all about it, all right? I've had a morning. It's going to be a nightmare. You can blame the uniform if you want. Yeah, I might. I might blame the uniform. So uh, I get your guys' opinion about this. So a couple weeks ago, um, in fact, uh, our friend John Colson said to me, uh, look at your tire. And I walk out, and I'm like, ah, he's right. Needs some air. So I go put some air in, and I knew I needed an oil change uh, soon. So I was like, well, you know, I'll just see what they think. I'll get an opinion about whether or not I need something to, to can they, is there a, is there a hole somewhere in the tire? What needs to go on? So I, uh, you know, I put air in the tire and then I, I get in for the oil change and they say, yeah, you're going to need a tire, but not like today. And I said, okay, well, when? They were like, eh, you know. In the future. You know, soon-ish. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, should I just do it today? But this is the mistake is I, I actually like had my wife pick the car up. And then, like, she was handling the conversation, and who knows? She was like, well, they just said you don't need it now. Like, okay. Could have been a week later. So everybody knows how this goes. You start thinking about what in the convenient time would be, like, when should we decide to do this? And we were like, well, let's get through, you know, we were hosting a party at our house. Let's get through that. Let's get through it. And then maybe in, like, September we'll do the tire. I didn't have until September, as it turns out. A couple days short. (laughs) I, uh, I'm driving in, and right on Delaney Valley, right around um, 695, the uh, overpass, I start feeling something. I'm like, hmm. Did the car feel different? Hmm. Like a little bit, but not, you know, it was more like it sounded. I heard a sound. I'm like, I wonder if it's that tire. I'll stop at the uh I'll stop and get some air on the way in. Like that's my strategy. I'm like, you know, and then I, I start realizing, oh, this might be bad. Like this is now the car's starting to feel a little bit different. <sighs> All right, well let me get to the office and then I can, you know, deal with it from there. Like at least you like having it at a place that's sort of like a home base for you, right? right? Like you don't 
nobody ever wants to just pull over because then you, you have no control over the situation. So I'm like, I'll, I'll get to the office and I'll deal with it there. And so I'm turning, uh, or I'm getting, I'm approaching Joppa Road because we're in Towson. For those that don't know, we've moved to Towson a couple years ago. I'm approaching Joppa Road and I realize like, oh no, this is a real problem. Like I'm starting to notice that like this is th- it's shot <laughs> like we're, the tires we're sparks flying not quite but hang tight okay so now I'm in that in between of so I pulled over to the right right because I'm like I might have to just pull over but I don't want to do that you never want to leave your car in the middle of a road right. like there's nothing good about that right you're a you're an a hole to everybody else this is part of my eternal empathy problem is that I <laughs> think about other people in these situations just th- just be selfish right Glenn. right. That's A. B, I have to come to work. So I'm not going to be able to stay with the car. Who? They, what a terrible idea. It's just abandon your car in the middle of a road. So I'm like, God, I got to try to get it at least somewhere where I can pull over, but I don't know if I can make it or not. But I'm really hell-bent on, and, and I don't know how other people are in these situations. Maybe everybody else is just like, nah, dude, if the tire shredded, what are you doing? Pull over. Just in the middle of the road, who cares? So I see the public safety building right there, right? Like our good friends, Corporal Robbie Wright, our friends in the Baltimore County Police Department. I say, that if there's ever a place, <laughs> it would be the Baltimore County Public Safety they're, Building. They're right? waving you in. Right? But I got to, again, now I'm, I'm going to have to turn on Joppa, go up the hill and get back around in order to get into the back parking lot, right? And it's clear. I mean, like the car can't go more than about 30 miles an hour at this point. Like it's, it, to your, I'm seeing smoke. Do you have people like behind you, like like honking? No, or? there was oddly nobody behind me, right? Like if they they clearly right. at this point would have been, though. right? Like there definitely would have been people. It was a scene now, and I'm like, God, I just want, I just want to get in this parking lot. I just want to get this car off the road. Like I don't want to leave it in the middle of the road. Inevitably, doing drastically more damage in the process. Like this, that decision likely cost me hundreds of dollars because when I I should have taken a picture. I get out finally. I get into the parking lot. And I'm smelling burning. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Now, I get out. I look. The tire is utterly shredded. I mean, it's everywhere. Like, it's, I've never seen anything like it. Right. The tire's everywhere. Then I see that, like, there's a little bit of melting <laughs> or in the area. I don't even know what you call that. The rim? Not the rim. I mean, like, on the body of the car. Oh. That's how bad it is. Oh, wow. Yeah inevitably I have seriously messed up my car all because I didn't want to leave the car in the middle of the road. Like this is all on me. Right. If I just leave the car in the middle of the road, say, ah, what the hell? It's just, the middle just of the road. be selfish in the future. Right. Glenn. I'm going to, this is going to, I might get, like, this might cost me thousands of dollars now. Who knows? I don't know anything about cars. This is the one thing you have to know about me. I, this is not my area. I don't know anything about cars, but obviously I just should have said the hell with everybody else. I'm leaving the car in the middle of the road. Deal with it. But I got to be over here. We got a show to do. This turns out we didn't have any guests lined up at the 10 o'clock hour. So I probably could have waited. Probably could have just stayed with the car. David Sampson wanted started, to make sure that you started had time the to show, get- Started the show late. That life would have gone on if I would have started the show late. But no. I wanted to be here on time. So I'm literally hoofing it from the public safety building. Now, we are down here uh, on LaSalle Road in this uh, business park, which is, I don't know. It's... Um, I don't know exactly. I'm not good with distances. Quarter of a mile, maybe? Maybe. Maybe that range. Nah, it had to be more than a quarter of a mile. It's got to be closer to like a third or, or, or two. 
four tenths of a mile, something like that. I'm thinking three eighths. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood, whatever it is. And uh, I'm like, God, I only have 15 minutes. Like, I'm gonna have to actually move. Like, I can't just walk the entire time. Nightmare. So I start at one point running. Then I'm trying to talk to my wife at the same time. Like, hey, how we got to do this? Because I got a game at Loyola tonight. Like, I can't. There's no option for me to not have a car. We got to figure out how I'm going to get a car. Have you talked to the place we're taking the car to? I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping. They're probably calling me right now to be like, we're here. I'm not there. I smell a 1030 guest for Glenn Clark Radio. God, yeah, right? The person from AAA. Hi. Uh, where's, the, where's the car? We're, we're looking for the vehicle. They called me at 955 to be like, ah, the, the, you'll be there. we'll be there in 10 minutes. I'm like, great, I won't. <laughs> Why are you calling me? How does this help my life in any way? Just get my car, for God's sakes. Tell me when you have it. Another reason it's why on its way to the shop. Another reason why you should just left it in the middle of the road. They would have been able to find it easier. Yeah, I probably would have been able to find it easier. Yeah, it's the car in the middle of Joppa Road. God, this is going to be a nightmare. Like, I'm trying to laugh about it because I don't want to think about what my idiocy. This is, of all of the things that I feel emasculated about, now there's plenty of things because I am not a man. Like, I want to make that abundantly. Stan White wanted it. Stan White. Today, I, I shared a story on Facebook about, I think I shared it in here, about going to see Barbie and how there's this scene where it's very obvious that, that uh, Ken is about to play a uh, push by Maxbox, Matchbox 20 on the guitar. And like because literally everybody in the theater has clearly seen the movie a hundred times, I thought it was going to be an immersive experience and everybody was going to sing along. So I'm like, oh, I'll sing along with everybody. I thought we were at the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> so I look at my uh, wife and my old roommate and I say, we're going to sing, right? And they're like, What? And I swear to God, he starts playing, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if... And I look around, nobody. 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 Not a single person in the theater. And you're I'm in like, the front row, right? I'm in the front row. I'm like, well, there was that. Everybody's throwing stuff there at you from the... That. <laughs> I got a few looks. That did occur. So uh, I tell that story on Facebook, and Stan White, legendary man, uh, an actual man, a man of yes. note, a football player fella, Stan White. A man who would have fixed his car on the side of the road. I, probably by hand. <laughs> Wouldn't even needed tools. Would have patched the whole thing up like he was MacGyver. Would have taken out his bubble gum and had the whole thing fixed. Stan White comments, turn in your man card. Which, first of all, I'm going to give him a... Like, when was the last time somebody said something about a man card? For God's sakes, what is this, 1994? Yeah. But it's Stan White, so I have to give him a pass because he is a man. Yep. Unlike I... What, Colson? Right. What? About the Barbie thing? Or about the tire thing? The tire. Well, Kimmy, you can come in here. What do you think? That I explain the entire situation. You can't change your own tire? No, it's not about changing the tire. It's I'm going to need a new tire anyway, so why wouldn't I just have them tow it to the place that's going to give me a new tire so I can get the process taken Well, that makes of. sense, but why did, what happened? First of all, I'm not even sure. If You, you should have seen. I what really happened to that get it so shredded, though? Why didn't you just pull over and stop? Because I didn't want to leave the car in the middle of a road. Oh, you do. You must have driven quite a while on that tire. Clearly, before. clearly drove much further. How loud was the music? Uh, I mean, reasonably, but no, it's one of those things where, like, I knew there was a problem. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear yeah. you were out here yeah. having a conversation? Yeah. You know how this goes. I know this is an issue, but I'd rather be at the office dealing with it than on the side of a yeah, road. Yeah, but not with a flat with tire. Cause I understand that, did. but I didn't know it was a flat tire at first. I just knew it was an issue. That's okay. all I knew. So, but you didn't I think knew. to pull aside and look or... 
I thought I'm I'm five minutes away from the office. I'll get to the office and deal with it. Or okay. what the real plan was was to go to the gas station across yep. the street that I'm not going to give a plug to because we like the other place more. So the real plan was for me to get here because I know that place has free air. Get there, put the you know a couple little bit more air in the tire, and deal with it in the afternoon. That was the first. You can always process. plug a gas station if you'd like to. Even though we do like KNS. No, we like uh, Royal Farms as well. Oh, Royal Farms. Oh, oh, you mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I you clearly you missed what I was no, trying to do. there's another gas station right there. Yeah, they're down the street. No, no I yes. thought you meant a I'm gas talking, station. This is I a, meant the place right across the street. This is a convenience place that happens to have gas pumps. Well, that's fine, but yeah. it's right across the yeah, street. Yeah, no, we're Royal Farms people. Yes, we are 100% Royal Farms people. So my thought process is... Just get there, throw a little more air in the tire, and we can deal with this this afternoon. I can get it at the shop, problem yeah. solved, right? That's the first thought that crosses my mind. That didn't work out. So and well. then two minutes later, I realized I've got a more significant situation on my hands. And then the only thought was don't leave the car in the middle of the road. Whatever you do. Now, again, in hindsight, here's what I should have done. Cancel the show. So, just, it, like, again. Just, just quick question. Yes. Did the thought of pulling aside and changing your tire ever occur to you uh you have a spare yes i have a spare and it again twofold one it did occur to me but to me i could have somebody else get the car i could the work can so be you do- couldn't change the tire no 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 no. you're you're listening to That's the wrong no to. you're listening to the wrong part of this okay i could have it would take me much longer than the average man like, <laughs> so you like, would have had to get the instruction yeah. manual. I, well, no, it we're not been talking those, NASCAR pit crew fast. Yeah, I, this is one of those things where, like, a couple years ago, I was hell bent. Like, I'm going to change my own tire, and then 45 minutes later, I said to myself, "I'm still not finished changing this tire because I, it, it's I'm just an idiot. I That's just got the lug is. nuts off. Yeah, deal with it. I'm an idiot. It's what it is. Fine. Anyway, the moral of the story being, the moral is, the thing that I'm thinking about in my head is. This thing is going to have to go to the shop anyway. I'm going to need a new tire. Why not? I have AAA. I have free towing. Why not allow them, while I've, I can't do anything between 10 and noon, why not allow them to get it to the shop? And the work can be being done for me Correct. while I'm working, right? Like, yep. that's the thought that's going through Which my head. Which AAA level of membership? I'm the good one. I got free towing. So I you got can be 100 miles. Yeah, I'm good, right? Like are they awesome. taking it where you want to take it? Yes, of course they are. So that was what was going through my head. Okay. And that's typically what goes through my head in these situations yeah. is I could do that this. That makes sense. But all I'm doing is delaying the inevitable, which is that I have to deal with it. So why not just pull the thing over and let them deal with the problem? I need a new tire. They can tow it to the place and... I can get on with it, and then later today I'll have my car back and have a new car. So what's tire. the current status? It, hope, hopefully somebody's picking up the – I'm waiting for a phone call because the car is literally down at the public safety building. Like, I just hoofed it from the public safety building here in order to, to be on time to oh, do the show I today. I could have called you. You could have called me. I could have done up. a lot of things. There's well, a lot of things I, I could have done. But again, The public when, safety building, which one is that? That's the one down the, with the – you know, it's all glass, oh, right? Yeah. Like, right Ooh, down there. Yeah. Yeah, it's right there. Fortunately, you're in decent shape, so it didn't – Yeah, yeah, I was able to make it. I, you know, I'm sweat, very sweaty. Very yeah, not sweaty. Too bad. I mean, it could have been worse. I feel sweaty. Yeah. You, I look, feel you look very comfortable walking up to the front door. I was very happy with myself that I was going to get in by 10 o'clock. I, like, I felt so, like I'd accomplished something. The fact that I was gonna, so but look, trip- I'm inevitably, I admit, I'm not a man. I understand that. This is what it comes down to. Don't you have to be there when AAA comes? No, you can just leave your car. They can come get it. Really? Yep, one hundred percent. But you know, then you're at, you, like, what I'm what I'm worried about is that I explain to the the person that I call. Here's where my car is. That explanation doesn't get to the person that's actually coming to pick up my car, and they're gonna and blow this, up, they're gonna blow up your phone here. And correct, they're gonna well, or or just pull the wrong car out of the parking <laughs> lot. Also possible. 
also which is also an NSA building. Like they Just, called, uh, <laughs> they called, they called me at nine fifty five to say we're ten minutes away. And I said, can you, can great, you please, they haven't called again. Can since you then. please take this call on the air? I would be willing to do that, yeah. but I haven't gotten it. I'm very no, nervous about that. Hopefully, you didn't park like next so to another another broken car. Right. <laughs> let's go over the the mis- level of mistakes that I have made in this process. Let's rank the mistakes. Want, should I top three? Top three mistakes that I've made. So number far. three. Yeah. Number three is not taking a look at your car when you first thought something was wrong. Okay, so you're suggesting that I should have immediately pulled Pulled over. aside and just eyeballed, make sure nothing horrible is wrong. Okay. If I had pulled over and realized something was wrong, I still would have been inclined to have wanted to get the car to somewhere where I could put it. You might have taken it, it someplace closer, though. There weren't a lot of options Anything. for that. Yeah. The, the, there uh, weren't a ton of... You're better of... off just pulling into a parking lot of a McDonald's. I understand. If like there that. was one of those, I would have done that. No, you understand. There's There was plenty between where you, you are and where you ended up. saying that. The mall would have been the only option, really, at that point. That would okay. have been my option. Would have been yeah. the mall. Okay. Right? Like, and, and I, you, yes, I could have done that. Yeah. But like, that's far more. Di- or again, the Sheraton th- down this there. This is also the problem that I think. Too or the much. Sheraton down there. The on the other side, you mean? Yeah. Eh, I mean, I don't like turning left in a situation like that. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, because then you're kind of in the middle of the intersection, and what happens? Yeah, 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 yeah. If, like, I don't like the idea. Still, of Still, I think left. you should have pulled it over to a shoulder or something like that, and walked around, and just looked. I don't disagree that in hindsight I and should have at least looked. Number two mistake. Number two. Go ahead. Hit that sounder. Number two. Thank you. Not knowing how to change your own you tire. Keep saying ex- that. Expeditiously. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're expeditiously right. <laughs> yeah. because had you pulled in the said parking lot, gone, oh, shoot, my tire is. I got, this will take me five minutes. I got questions and you about done that it. too. I got questions about that too. How many people really know? And I mean this. You don't. It, this isn't a situation that comes up every couple of Your weeks. Your fancy Camry has yeah air tire pressure things in it. You can check from Agreed your. Agreed on that. But I'm saying, how many people genuinely know can get a tire that don't do this? That it's not a regular. Are we talking thing. about men or the men, entire population? Men. <laughs> Men my age, not your age. People wow, your age. A little did. hurtful. No, but you understand. The people your age are more uh, MacGyverish. Like we, <laughs> we, so we are the era of the age, internet where we don't have skills. We Google the tire which, shop, yeah. which I have two kids yeah. in their late twenties, and and do you I, trust that they could expeditiously change their tires? Yes, and I'll tell okay. you why. Because you, you, I bought them a car, and before yeah. I would let them drive it, yeah. give them the key, yeah. they had to jump start it, and they had to change a tire. Yeah. John, right. did, John, did you just pull all four tires off the car and just left it on yeah, center right, blocks until. for your kids outside? <laughs> I should have done that. No, no I actually, um, I actually l- literally just wouldn't give them the keys. of like, there's the stuff. Change the tire. I, I showed them how to I, do it, I but think, I made them do it on their own. I nice. think one of the big problems for me is that, like, I do remember my father like going over that with me when I was 16. But then you don't, you don't use it. It's like I taught myself how to play the piano when I was 17 yeah. years old. And yeah. do you think I could play the piano today? Like, can you use jumper cables to jumpstart a yes, car? Yes, 100%. But I've had to do that a few times. Yes. Like, just, that's something that I've had to yep. do. How many, now, th- how, many I, ta- how many times have you had to change your tires? Uh, have I had to? Look, yeah. just, I'm going to say something for a yes. moment. Just in my short memory of Glenn, mm-hmm. there's been an inordinate number of tire problems. I don't think inordinate. I'm going to <laughs> say not three true. or four over the past Maybe couple of three. years. Maybe three. Maybe three. And I think I've had one in eight or nine years. Some okay, you're clearly no, more no, in curi- tune with no, your vehicle no, than I'm I am. I'm curious what you're doing to the tire. I don't think there's anything That's I'm doing three. to the tires. Tires just don't stop working. 
Are you doing? I, do I they think hit at a some curb? point tires absolutely well, do. At some yeah, point, yes. but not the ones on your car. Well, you say that. I don't um, know that there's ever been new tires put on this car. It's I look at the t- I vehicle. look at the tires on your car. What do you mean you look at the tires of my them. car? You I just walk worried. out and you're yeah, like, let me you, check you, out you, I, you, Well, no, they're there, and I've actually said to yes, you at and some I point. Did. And you know what happened when you said it to me? I went and got air in the tire. I took it to the shop. I said, do I need new tires? They yeah. said, not right now, but you will. See what I mean? So, so As it turns out, the you will was coming up a lot no, quicker than I, they I would argue that a curb was hit or... I didn't... I mean, or, if somebody... What? Or that you ran over a nail. Yeah, no, that's or possible. Like that. This morning, something happened that exact. But I would have thought. Or last that I night, because you don't glance at your tires before you. I leave. don't. I yeah. don't glance at my tires before I leave. That's a hundred percent. And accurate. you didn't clearly. And I can't. I don't clearly think, didn't look at the I, warning that popped up on your car. There was no that, warning. Oh no, yeah, there up. was. There was no warning Guaranteed. that popped up. No warning popped up. Guaranteed. Well, if anything, like you and me take the same route to get here. If anything, the the nail would have hit my car before yours. No, that's not. It, it could have happened any time. Just, just saying nonsense. <laughs> So number three mistake. No, number one. We go the other way. Number you, one mistake. Yeah, number one. Yes. Not just calling us for help. Well, I, okay. First of all, literally saying, "Hey, I'm stranded." I'm still going to be in the same the spot. <laughs> eh. like, you might not have to hoof it up the road. Well, I don't you mind. Might the have, hoofing you know. part is not the, the the. It's the least of my cons. I mean, I'm sweaty, but like, so what? I can live with that. I I'll be okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that part. And by I, the way, I think you did that in reverse. Order. I was I just going to say. Was I reversed the order. Yeah, of the, I think that of, of that intensity. one was definitely not yeah. the number one. Of well, I couldn't the list. think of a number three in time for the number. Ah, one, I you see. Know. You put a lot of pressure was put on you yeah. in order to go through it. Look, man, it's what it is. If it we, is what it is, if, and that is a, a thing to live by. And then, in other words, oh, but I'm really worried that I caused hundreds. Of, like, like what would yeah, have been? Yeah, you're getting a new rim. Where is it? Where it? Where? What do you mean? It's, where at, is it? it's, it's the parking at the, lot down there. Well, unless somebody already went and got it. it and the tire shredded. Oh, sh- you'll never see anything like it. So it's. Gone. So the best thing that can happen, and there's definitely some melting around the area of the tire. Yeah. Okay, but the best thing that can happen mm-hmm. is if somehow you got through that without physically damaging the metal rim. And I look like that's the rim. Possible. It looked like the rim was intact. And it that's looked possible. like the rim was. And, a, and but if, I don't know that because uh, again, if, I'm an idiot. But if that's it, the, just look. But if like that's that the way. case, you'll only have to pay for a tire. Well, that'd be wonderful. I mean, like if that's what this comes to, is if I the rim is messed up, oh, it's, it's ball game. What I would yeah, recommend, right. yeah, is um, a trip to to a junkyard or looking for a rim on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. This is, I understand, but you or, know, I'm not doing that. Or look, well, you could look for a rim on eBay. <sighs> if you don't want to mess with that, you don't want to mess with it, John. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm an adequate man. Like at most, I am at most on my best day. I thought e- I, I, adequate. I thought I thought internet shopping was in your. It is in, in my in, blood. In but then, wheelhouse. what am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with it once I find it? First of all, how do I know which rim is mine? You take a picture of the rim. Oh, of your for car. God's sakes! You, you're giving me way too much credit. You take the rim with you. <laughs> I have I have suggested that most offices need a resident man. Like we you need like Stan. Some, n- no. Okay, okay. No, I mean like somebody. Who's good at this type of stuff? I'm Somebody, good at this type of stuff. Eh, you, I could have changed your tire in I, minutes. I believe that part to be true, but I'm saying like you have a. I mean, someone who's just around. You need Steve Regular. Kind of a Steve Regular, yes. I need someone who's just around to be the man of all things. So and so and whose company understands that part of their responsibilities is taking care of personal issues for people when a man is needed. You're talking about you need a personal valet. No, not a personal valet. Well, you, I did that I did that for 6 months. Well, that actually was true. He had to drive me around for 6 months. But that's only to drive. He didn't actually do anything besides that. I'm what I'm talking about is for the company. 
that like there is someone who whatever they're doing, they can always pick that up and say, I'll get back to this. Yep. So that I can deal with an issue that some of the personnel are dealing with here where they need a man. Right, like I, I find myself saying that a lot. Steve I, Regular, I need, exactly right. Steve Regular is exactly what I'm talking about. I think every company needs to have a resident countless man, countless examples of that guy. Who, yep. for the people that he worked at a radio station Correct. where we both worked, and he's amazing guy. He's he's one of the and, nicest guys and, ever, and he is the guy that you can pull off of anything that he's currently doing. Yep. He will fix. Anything in the world that is wrong, correct, and then go right back to work on whatever he and was doing every prior, company, and never complain. Nope, not at all. Never and just sort of do it. And it's smile, part of who and he, you it's thank part him. of their it's role. His DNA, and it's the company in his DNA. recognizes that's part of this person's role. They're like, afraid to lose him. They can't lose him. <laughs> they recognize that part of what makes this person so valuable is sometimes he's not going to be doing company work. Sometimes he's going to be doing work related to the personnel that you have, which is for the betterment of the company. Yes. We all, every company needs a man, needs a resident man. I'll get right on that, but unfortunately in today's- That's the problem. You have to do the company in, stuff. In, in today, it can't be but you. In, in, no, in today's environment, I'm going to have to get somebody from India just to consult uh, on that. Need, we need a resident man, John. That's no, what we need. We need to hire someone. We need somebody say, from India. And title, you can call but, them and say, I need a man. Right, right. What no, no, I, no. I'm telling you, you need to post a position- Resident man? That says man. On, link, on LinkedIn. Press box looking for yeah. man. man. I wonder how that would right? go. You know what? We could use some more attention, so maybe that would be- I think it would be great. We drive some clicks. Looking for a man. Looking, I am a company looking for a man. Glenn, That's what we Glenn, are. Did, Glenn did this for marketing purposes. I I'm, would have to put in parentheses, or a woman that is comfortable doing man stuff. If, the, if a woman wants to play this role- I feel like I'm thinking my whole deep- no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. What you said is very important. It, we're not being sexist. We need somebody who fills the role of resident man. If that happens to be a woman, all good. The title is just man. That's okay. it. We need someone who's here for How about, any of these can things. We, can we call it 1950s man? 1950s man. That's good. Uh, but it doesn't, then we don't get as much attention. If we just say we're looking for a man, I feel like that goes a long <laughs> You're way. You're right. I think that Like, would. I feel like that goes a long way. I'm not sure that posting I, is the way I should go. Fine. I just feel like it's important for every company to have this role because, frankly, I am not one. I'm trying to think of the man. people that come in here. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Drew, maybe? No. But no. Are you out of your yeah. mind? Well, I am, not I, a chance in I, hell. I eliminated that. What? Griffin no. has potential for the future. Griffin's a, a problem solver, but he's right. not a man. Like, I, right. No, I got you. But like, he, he might be able to change a tire. I'll believe that he's capable of changing a tire, but he can't really solve the problems once yeah. they get beyond oh, yeah. that. <laughs> like, Well... I'm yeah, to we, stand, no, nobody yeah. in our crew. These these people, you know who these people Ken are. Zalis? No, not Ken Zalis. But you know this is this is your boy Dave from KNS. This is wait, Chris. Chris who? Ruling. Mm, maybe closer, but he's more of a salesperson than he is a. Yeah, so he'll tell you he can do it. That's and then the, maybe that's he won't part be able of the problem, yeah. right? Like we need. Oh, action. I could do that. John Miller might be, you know, like he could maybe fit this. I role. agree. Like that might be something. That oh, he's good, by the way. Oh, thank God. I was very <laughs> nervous about that. I'm glad we're handling... No, everybody, nobody cares. Hey, everybody, we're going to have a, we're going to have a production person the or- for this yeah. show we haven't yeah. announced yet. I haven't mentioned the Orioles yet. We're 28 minutes into the show. Because hey, they I'm won last night. Problem. They did, and I appreciate that. It was well played. Um, so the, the moral of the story, again, I think the first thing I should have done is just said... I won $10 on Superbook. That's nice. Just I like that. Did you use the code Glenn Clark 23 I did when I signed up. Look at that. And did you get uh, $250 worth of a first no, bet? No. Um, because your first bet wasn't $250. My first bet was a hundred bucks. So you matched one hundred and fifty, which I won. Look at that, and, and then I got the other hundred dollars. Yeah. So 
and they sort of met that out at 25% of whatever I'm betting, right. it's kind of cool. It's like getting a 25% discount on all your bets Yep. until your special is used on. 100%. So you can check that out by using Clint the code Clark23 at superbook.com. So again, I think We're in order, in. next time... <laughs> Leave it alone. You're not. Don't confuse people. I think the next time this happens, I'm just canceling. This is the uh, another inherent problem is that I'm not good at just saying no show today. Well, I'm not good at. Okay, now from my perspective, I'm very good with that. Yeah, that makes me very happy. I'm sure it does. Understand until you realize how many more hundreds of dollars I just have damage. I I just did my car, and I understand. And if you had called and said I can't do it or you couldn't do it, yeah. I would have been cool but with I'm that. But I'm not good at that. But I like that in your I'm, DNA. I'm not like good that. at just saying I'm not going to work. Like I, I'm, I'm going to put my wife vastly out today to try to drag. We're going to go pick up an extra car for my parents because I got to be at Loyola tonight, right? Like I'm just not good at saying. They Sorry. can't just fix this thing in the. You don't know yet. We don't know. That's the yeah. problem. So with, with the unknown, I can't run the risk of me not having so a car. So your wife to, might have to drive for half an hour and. Yeah. Oh, like, a half an hour. She's got to drive from where we live back to here, out to Kingsville to get a car back to. I mean, like. It's a whole thing, man. Oh, 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 oh. I yeah, it's a whole She can't just thing. loan you her car for the day? No, she's got the kids. The kids. They got soccer practice. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I, and, and another person would just be capable of saying, sorry, in, I'm not going to work in, today. In the city, we just would call Yeah, you would Uber. Uber. I understand that. But I live. <laughs> oh, you can Uber. It just costs you $400. Exactly right. And I've already got to pay $400 of the, yeah. dam- the extra Hopefully damage not. that I did to my car. Hopefully not. Nightmare You're about right. right in the price range. So that's uh that's that's what's happening. This was therapy for me today. Thank you for tuning in for Glenn Clark therapy here on the program. How about the Orioles? Yeah, I'm gonna talk about that okay. next. You got you you good? You anything you want to talk about? Anything Super you want to say? Yeah, we love Sign Superbook. Superbook. Superbook, Superbook. I met Superbook. with the people at Superbook last night. Yeah. And they were they were very pleased with our results. Oh today. wonderful. That's I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. Let's you look a little shocked. Um <laughs> <laughs> We but can talk were. about that another time. They were the guy I'm, said no. The guy the guy I, said I'm, I'm pleased. Uh, uh, yes, wonderful. I will. I love that. That uh, nothing makes me happier than when somebody's pleased. Has he signed nothing up Nothing makes me happier. I don't. We're not forcing that upon people. What, we're what not is that? Forcing bit? it. I'm paying them to You're do paying it. Paying them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We're okay. talking about the Orioles. Bye. Thanks, John. <sighs> it's all gonna be okay. I have no idea if it's all going to be okay or not. In the future, buy those little air compressor things you can stick in your car and you can fill your fill your uh, your tire up. That's your... that's that wouldn't have saved me today. Today, the series. Well, if you would have gotten you, that you're, in your car, but I, that's the problem. It's a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> I made the decision that I wanted to get to the office. The moment that I made the that wrong de- decision. The moment I made that decision, everything went to hell. Because all I knew was something's a little off, but I'll deal with it at the office. And the moment I made that decision, nothing could have saved me. Nothing. All right. We will talk about the Orioles, I promise. Um, they got a 7 nothing win last night over the Blue Jays. And, uh, eh, really interesting. Didn't need their closer. We'll discuss it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com. Maryland, be open. 
America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two N's in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glenn clark 23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800 gambler i'm michael jan grandy president of aj michaels your carrier energy expert for 44 years save money energy and make your home more comfortable and virus free find us at ajmichaels.com that's ajmichaels.com Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. <sighs> All right. Back in here on GCR. Hey, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein. Uh, actually, no Gary Stein tonight. It's just Stan the Fan Charles and our buddy Bo Smolka from PressBoxOnline.com getting together to talk some Ravens. Tonight at 7, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you can watch it YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. All right. I, I guess they got the car because I got a little text. I, think I got a text before the car had been picked up that said, uh, you can follow along like the, the truck's progress. And there's this like little image that shows a truck driving along. 
And I think it looks like it's driving to where I wanted them to take the car, not to here. So hopefully they got the right car. You can, Hopefully you can, that's the case. You can watch the truck driver like literally stop at Royal Farms, get a coffee, yeah, right? take a bathroom break. I don't and mind. That's weird. All right. Uh, Orioles win last night, 7 nothing over the Blue Jays. That's that's wonderful. Dean Kramer obviously was brilliant. Uh, would be nice to still have some clarity on Jack Flaherty. <laughs> Flaherty clarity. But we don't have that. Jack Flaherty. God, somebody, one of the beat writers yesterday posted the entire interaction, like transcribed it. And posted the entire back and forth that they had with Jack and Jack Flaherty. Ah, here we go. This is from Jake Rill, of course from MLB.com. Why aren't you starting tonight? Quote: Just because sometimes you don't bounce back the way that you want to, and you just try to make the right decision of making sure that you feel right. Sometimes after starts, you just don't bounce back the way that you want to. Maybe we should keep a counter going of how many times he says that. So he's already said bounce back twice. Uh, what specifically is the issue? Just in general, I'm not going to get into specifics, but throwing yesterday, I just didn't quite feel like I bounced back. Three. And sometimes those are the hard decisions to make, especially, I mean, you want to take the ball every time out. It's just one of those things. Next, could you start Thursday, or will you be skipped this turn? I don't know if that's been discussed and whatnot, but just in terms of yesterday, I didn't quite feel right. Didn't quite feel like I bounced back. Four. I had a long one there in San Diego, so... Well, are you feeling better today? Yeah, we've been working on things and just trying to get ready for the next one. Is this concerning for you? It's not concerning. Guys push things around all the time depending on the way it works out. What does that mean? What is What language is that? Sometimes you just don't hear about it. But when it comes right before a start, you're going to hear about it. Is the issue mechanical or physical? Sometimes you just don't quite bounce back right. Five. Five references. I have no idea what any of that means at all. No clue what it is that Jack Flaherty is attempting to say. I I assume that if it was a bigger deal that the Orioles would have put Jack Flaherty on the I.L., I don't think they'd purposely wait longer to make that decision if they knew it was a bigger issue. They clearly didn't wait very long to give Mike Bauman the boot, although they had to make a decision about Austin Voth, so somebody had to go. That might just be their way of saying, look, you know, Bauman will be back here. He'll be the extra pitcher on September 1st, but we had to put Austin Voth back on the roster, and since we're only talking about the difference in a week, that's what it is. You would assume that if they knew that there was a, an, a legitimate problem, that Jack Flaherty would have already been put on the IL because why would you want to wait any longer? Why wouldn't you just want to have another pitcher available to you ASAP? You they, were, they definitely need the roster spot. You were activating Austin Voth. It would have been very easy to put Jack Flaherty on the IL in order to activate Austin Voth. So I'm willing to believe that there isn't a bigger problem but it's it's weird. Like, we can't pretend like it ain't weird. Like, it ain't troublesome. What happens next? Hopefully, they announce today when Jack Flaherty's making his next start. Hopefully, that's what happens next. In the meantime, they just keep bumping up because everybody's on normal rest. Not only are they on, you know, because they were in a six-man rotation. There was an off day. It's not just normal rest. It's still normal rest plus a day 
until they get to whoever would be sixth. So until they get to Sunday, everybody would still be on an extra day of rest. When they get to Sunday, they would have to turn around and start Grayson again on on just normal rest, and you would assume they wouldn't want to do that with Grayson specifically. So this doesn't really become an issue until Sunday. As long as Jack Flaherty can start by Sunday, they're not really messing with anything. And it's not like they couldn't start Grayson Rodriguez on normal rest. They could, but given the innings thing and given the importance of Grayson Rodriguez, you would think that they would want to avoid starting Grayson Rodriguez on normal rest. And it's easy to say, well, you can sort of make Austin Voth a swingman and say, hey, if we need you in a long relief role, we'll go to that. But if not, then you might have to start. But again, if there was risk of him not being able to pitch by Sunday, you would think they would have just put him on the I.L. So, again, I have every reason to think at the moment this is not a team that normally likes to just waste roster spots. I know they were kind of doing that with Austin Hayes ahead of the All-Star game because they wanted to allow him to participate in the All-Star game, and that was kind of a favor that they were doing to him. So you can say that, but that was a unique circumstance. This is not a team that typically wants to waste a roster spot. If they don't know that you're going to be okay, let's just go ahead. It's you know 10 days. like It's two starts that we're talking about. They also have an off day next Thursday. Yeah, but they don't have an off day until they have nine days without an off day. Right. Which is, you know, a, a tough thing for them to do. But they, again, they could they could just stick with a five-man rotation. I don't think they want to do that with Grayson Rodriguez. I don't think they want Grayson Rodriguez starting in a normal rest situation. I think they want to try to keep that distanced for him in order to limit things. Now, again, if it's one time and they're saying, well, Flaherty could be ready on Monday, okay, one time is probably not going to be the make or break as to whether or not Grayson Rodriguez can pitch in October. The other thing, of course, from last night, first of all, great to see Anthony Santander back, obviously, and boy, my God, I mean, he looked like Vladimir Guerrero going down to get the one home run. He, l- he listened to uh, Connor Newcomb's Christ. interview yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, they needed him back. They needed him getting going. Hopefully that continues moving forward. That would obviously be very, very good news for the Orioles. So that's a big storyline yesterday. Earlier in the game, they were continuing the storyline of not getting big hits with runners in scoring position. They just wanted to keep that wacky bit up, but I get it. They were facing Kevin Gosman. I understand that. Boy, it seems like they have just been facing, like other than the A's series, all they've done is face really good pitchers for like the last month. So it was nice to see the offense break out, and of course the Mariners helped in that capacity. They they were really beneficial. Would have been nice to not waste a bases loaded situation with one out earlier in the game. Like that one uh, rubbed you the wrong way. But all in all, great night. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help but react to the fact that they ultimately didn't need Felix Batista. I couldn't help it. I have made peace, as we talked about, uh, Ryan mentioned we had Connor Newcomb on yesterday, and I talked to more baseball people during the course of the day yesterday. I've made peace with the idea that this is not unique to the Orioles, but it still cannot be defined statistically it's more a mental or emotional thought process of if we're going to use this level of a pitcher, a leverage pitcher, we better be doing it to win the game, not to keep the game going. 
I still disagree with that thought process, or I disagree with the way that you go about getting to that thought process. If you're unwilling to use Felix Batista for a second inning at home because the priority is to protect Felix Batista's availability for the next day, then I would pitch those guys out of order. I would pitch someone else in the ninth when there's no one on base, say, either we win the game and don't need Felix Batista, lose the game, still have Felix Batista available for us for the next two days, which clearly is a priority for you guys, or we pull out Felix Batista in the 10th inning when he's a better option for pitching with a runner on second base. That would be, if you're hell-bent on not going two innings, if there's no world, even if he only pitches nine pitches, if there's no world in which you're going to allow Felix Batista to pitch two innings at home, then don't pitch him in the ninth. That doesn't seem hard to me. You were willing to accept that the result of the game might be a loss once you got to the 10th. So why use him at all? Like, what What if he had pitched 28 pitches in the ninth? Then they lost the game anyway. Then he's not available the next If there's any thought, then don't pitch him in the ninth. Or maybe be willing to throw him for two innings at home. Maybe consider that. But I accept that it's a way of thinking. The part that we keep coming back to is worrying about the next night doesn't really make sense because you have no clue if you're going to need Felix Batista the next night or not. And as it turns out, of course, you didn't need Felix Batista. Now, to be clear, I don't know that if they would have put Felix Batista in the game, that they would have won on Monday night. I would feel better. I sure don't think that he would have left a meatball over the plate for Brandon Belt. Now, other guys have just run into him this season. That's happened, where they just get lucky, they swing, and what's the whole thing? Swing hard just in case you make contact. Other guys have done that this season. It happened, obviously, in New York. It happened in against Houston. It's happened this season, where just swing hard, and maybe you'll get lucky, and you'll make contact, and it'll go out of the ballpark. Those were two of the best hitters in baseball, though. Correct. In those two, uniquely, yes, 100%. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge and Kyle Tucker, both very good. Brandon Belt's a good hitter. Let's not pretend like he's not a good hitter. Who knows? Maybe Brandon Belt would have run into one, but I, I feel less less likely that that would have been the case. But it's the thing that we all talk about. Why are you worrying about the next night when you don't know if you're going to need the closer the next night? You don't know if you're going to need the closer tonight. You don't know if you're going to need your closer again until Sunday. And I, I even, I, as I said yesterday, I'm, I am understanding of the Orioles' propensity is to play close games, and they're playing against a good team. So there's a reasonable thought process that includes them maybe thinking about the fact that they might need to do that. And I, I, I'm, I'm trying to escape and not dwell on one game or one decision, but I, I, don't, I don't know that any of us could help but think about that. Two nothing game going to the bottom of the eighth inning. Well, all right, they 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 got this right. Probably gonna need Felix Batista to come finish it off. Right up until the point where they didn't. Right up until the point where they were they told him to go sit down. Fujinami looked good in the ninth inning. Be really nice if we could do that in leverage situations. Guess it's a bit easier when guys are probably just up there hacking. 
They should just change the scoreboard so it looks like a like a more competitive game for him. When no, you mean the other way around. The other they way should around, change yeah. the scoreboard when he comes into a close game and try to make it look like it's a, a ten run game. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's the the frustrating part about Fujinami is you see the talent. But I've had I've had this conversation with a lot of folks. Like, is is there definitely a spot on? The weird part about what's going to happen in the coming weeks is we say maybe Bauman's the guy that returns for the roster spot, right? But, like, Wells and Means are clearly in the picture, too. Maybe D.L. Hall's still in the picture in some way. This is one of the, the troubles of not having the really expanded rosters that you had once upon a time. I would still like to know if D.L. Hall could be helpful to this team, but the clock's kind of running out on that, and it seems like it's not a priority for them. So at some point I can be dismissive of it, but Wells and Means are definitely part of the plan still for this team this season. Not all of these guys are going to end up being on the postseason roster. And it's easy to say that, like, you know, Nick Vespi's not going to be there. Or... You know, whoever you want to say. I mean, maybe the answer is that Mike Bauman's simply not going to be on the postseason roster. Maybe that's what they were kind of trying to tell you yesterday. That's that's wild given where Mike Bauman was at times this season. But, you know, you kind of understand it. You never really came up with a defined role for Mike Bauman. He was never the... Like, at times, he was asked to be an innings guy. At times, he was put into leverage situations. There was never one thing that he was allowed to excel in. And if ultimately they come to the point where they say, well... If we don't have one defined role for him, we just might not put him on the postseason roster. That's a bummer for him. But you, you I don't want to say you get it, but you kind of get it. But if Wells and Means are going to be on the postseason roster, and this is presuming there's no injuries, right? Based on the pitchers that you have right now, again, easy to say Vespi won't be on the postseason roster. Who else? Who else that's currently here isn't on the postseason roster for you to get both Wells and Means on that roster? And again, maybe somebody has to be shut down between now and then, or maybe there's an injury that takes somebody out of the running. But of this group right now, you know, maybe the questions start coming. I would think that you would keep Cole Irvin on the roster to be your long man. Even if he's not going to have a rotation spot in the postseason. You were trying to convert him into a long man. You had told him that he was going to be the long man in the playoffs. And you would think that you would want someone that you believe could give you innings. Now, maybe that becomes fudgeable because somebody's not going to be in the rotation of the other five. So I guess now you're just saying that Means is going to be shut down for the whole year? No, I'm saying if Means is on the roster, I just don't know that Means is going to be in the rotation, but I think he's going to be on the team. Well, then wouldn't Means be your long man? He it depends on how much you've stretched him out by that point. Like, this is the real issue right now. Is it what What is it that they're trying to accomplish with Means? Is it more important to get him here and to help in some capacity, or is it more important for you that he be able to start a game or give you more innings out of the bullpen? Again, the clock is going to run out at some point. So could he be? Perhaps. Perhaps. I don't know where you're going to be with Wells. You've been trying to keep him around 50 pitches. Again, these are all guys that could be your long man. But right now, do you know that? I just assume that Wells becomes your Bauman role. 
uh, your jack of all trades. Like yeah. You use them in any situation. That's an awkward thing for somebody that's never that hasn't done that in a while. Right. Like he's never done that in a real a game that, of consequence. Right. He's never been put into a spot where. I, I would want to get him here. Like I would want to get him here now if that's the way that you're going to use him. But these are all relevant questions. So maybe Irvin's the guy. Like maybe Cole Irvin just ends up being the odd man out. But Cole Irvin's been pitching well. That's a tough thing to do. At the moment, tell me why Fujinami is more valuable than Cole, Cole Irvin because he can throw the ball 100 miles an hour. A lot of times he doesn't want to. He throws 100 off the base. <laughs> yes, or, or, or chooses not to, or to the point doesn't throws it 100 miles an hour. Three three feet off the plate. Some of these decisions end up working themselves out. So I don't want to make it seem like this is something that has to be decided now. And so much of it is based on, you know, what these guys are capable of doing between now and then. But but it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me thinking about it, and that all of these guys might be auditioning for a postseason role at this point. Not all of them. Some of them you know are going to have a postseason role. Cano, obviously, at this point, I even forget, we got to throw Kulam in the mix too. He's not on the roster right now. So there's three guys currently not on the roster that you assume are definites to be on the postseason roster as long as they're capable of it in Wells, Means, and Kulam. So that's three guys that wouldn't have roles in the postseason. Be interesting to see how that plays out over the course of the next couple of weeks. Bummer that the Rockies couldn't help out and they fell short, uh, lost to the Rays. That was a bummer. That would have been nice. Um, but such is life. You uh, you can't win them all. And the Orioles are still up by two games as they look to wrap up the series. As we mentioned, they'll bump up Kyle Gibson and they need a better Kyle Gibson. There's At this point, you start to put together your postseason rotation. The question becomes like, are you going to be the point where like Gibson and Flaherty are the odd men out? The guys that have the innings definitively are the guys that you get to the end of the season and you say, but I don't want them starting in the postseason. They need better from those two guys. I mean, obviously Flaherty just needs to pitch. They need better from those two guys because they're the guys that you know have the innings in them. I mean, I mean, at this point, like um, Bradish is your starter for a playoff series, correct? Uh, yeah, as long as he, as long as his arm doesn't fall off between now and then, because he also is up against it innings wise. But as long as that doesn't happen, he's unquestionably been your best pitcher all season long. There's no debate about that. Yeah, he's been the best pitcher on this team. So yeah, he would be your game one starter, which is wild to say because like, think about who it is that he'd be going up against in those scenarios. But no doubt, he's been this team's best pitcher. But this is starting to feel like you know. 2012 and 2016 where it's almost just sort of like who's pitching the best for the month or so leading up into the playoffs who's been pitching best for the last week like remember we wanted Ubaldo Jimenez to start the playoff game in Toronto because he was the guy at the time that was had that was pitching the best the irony of course being that Chris Tillman pitched well that day was probably the guy that you should be pitching in a situation like that and then of course we know what happened with the Ubaldo Jimenez we're all aware of it but like the the lead up the days leading up we were all talking about it like the guy that's been that you have the most faith in at the moment has been in Baldo Jimenez. And it's starting to feel like that's going to be the case for the Orioles this year. Your rotation will be set based on who you have the most faith in at the moment. Because outside of Bradish, nobody has been consistently good. There's been one pitcher. Dean Kramer's been good Dean Kramer more than he's been bad Dean Kramer of late. And he's looking more like a guy that's going to end up earning a playoff rotation spot. But we still have a full month before we get to that point.
We'll talk more about pitching. Uh, ben Verlander, Fox Sports, is going to join us next. Uh, I don't know. He also did a podcast this week with Gunnar Henderson, so we'll talk to him about that. But um, we'll talk to him, see if he can speak pitcher, bounce back. What does that mean exactly? Ben Verlander joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Football coming back, and now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas, and now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23, all one word, no spaces, two ends in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports, and that promo code Glenn Clark 23. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland America's Biggest Bike Race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here and into hour number two of the program today. Orioles looking for a series win tonight. Joining us now, one of my favorites, of course, Fox Sports. And I know he just had uh, Gunnar Henderson on his podcast this week. I was uh, listening to them talk about Cal Ripken. That was kind of fun. He is our buddy Ben Verlander, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Ben, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I always love hopping on. Uh, I need to make sure you're okay, because I know you are very upset about the news with Shohei Otani, and it sucks for baseball. There's no question about it. It sucks. Are, is everything going to be all right? Are you going to be okay? <laughs> I, I'm i going to be okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm just upset for it sucks for the game it sucks for Shohei and um, yeah I mean there's really no way around it he was pushed to wit's end and and this happened and yeah just it's a tough day for for baseball for sure are you are you worried that this is the end of the two-way player Shohei Otani you know I'm not Um, we I feel like these same exact questions came about Last time he had to get Tommy John a few years ago, and you know people were saying, "Oh, this is the end. He's gonna he's gonna have to choose one," and and he didn't because he doesn't want to, and he proved that he's able to do it. So um, I, I believe he's able to do it again. Uh, if you know it's not for sure, TJ is happening. I would imagine so at this point. But if that is the decision, look, it, he's Shohei, and and he wants to pitch and he's one of the best at doing it so i i mean who's going to stop him from doing it i mean he's going to sign somewhere yep and who's going to be like we're going to sign you and you're done pitching i feel like he gets to make the decision he's the greatest we've ever seen he gets to make the decision and if he wants to pitch which he does i think he'll keep doing it and i feel like at the same time like why wouldn't a team still be interested in it like again you're talking about as you point out the most unique player in the hit like i i know that everybody's talking today about how it's going to cost him you know, hundreds of million. Like he could have been the the first half a billion dollar player. Like if I'm, my God, if I'm a team looking to make a splash, am I suddenly going to say, uh, "Gee, I I just don't know about this guy anymore." This one inch, like I I still feel like he is going to completely break the bank and probably still be the highest paid player in baseball history. Correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I also don't think the money that he was going to get. I still think he gets. I, I think we were talking six to 700 million i think now i still think he gets you know half a billion dollars and i a big reason for that is yes the production he brings on the field and for one year it, it won't be the same but you're also not paying for exactly what you're getting on the field you're paying for a, a brand that is changing the identity of an entire organization Jersey sales through the roof. You're going to have an entire nation in Japan that wants everything to do with your team and wants your team merchandise yep. and wants to watch your team and wants yep. to come see your team play. And, and you're paying for one of the, the most unique talent the game of baseball has ever seen and to have him on the, on the field and have people come watch him. So 
Uh, I obviously think he's more than worth it. I agreed wholeheartedly, and it would be awesome if it was Baltimore, but considering, you know, apparently we're not willing to pay any money for baseball players here, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, ben, I, I, I wonder if you can help me. Can you speak pitcher for me? Because five times yesterday, Jack Flaherty was asked what's going on, and he just kept saying, I didn't bounce back right. And I, I don't know what that means. I would think if there was a serious problem, the Orioles would have already put Jack Flaherty on the IL because they, they, they just don't waste roster spots, right? Like, I don't think – I think what we can read in is say it's probably not an issue. But do you – everything you know about pitching, do you understand what someone means when they won't tell you at all exactly what's going on? All they say is, I didn't bounce back right. <laughs> Obviously, without him – disclosing more it's tough to know exactly the feeling but um what what i would say is you know pitchers especially a guy like jack clarity who's been in the game for a long time now and has been dealing with uh, a lot of injuries throughout his career pitchers know themselves really really well and it's not just one every five or six days you're out there working it's every five or six days you're out there. So you, you have these checkpoints that you know you have to hit on your route back. You know, you throw 100 pitches, your body's in a tough place that next day. So you, you, you know what you have to do. You know, two days after you throw, you're going to throw your bullpen, and then you're doing this, and then a flat ground, and then, you know, you know how your body's supposed to feel along that, along that journey. And, you know, I would imagine a world in which you just – didn't feel right. And he, he didn't feel, um, he didn't feel where he would normally like to be along that path back. And, uh, I, I would imagine that's what he was saying. So you like, you know how this goes anymore. Whenever a pitcher, whenever we hear like discomfort or soreness, there's a family that just says, Oh, you know what this means? Shut him down. It's going to be, you just know the way that this works in baseball. You think there's a reasonable scenario where it really could just be, Hey, look, I didn't feel exactly right, but everything's fine, and, and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make the next start. Like, uh, it's, it's, don't, there's no reason to panic about something like this. There's reason to panic, but... <laughs> You're <yeah>. great. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> now I feel like you <laughs> tweeting about Shohei Otani, Ben. That, not, not that Jack Flaherty's been... I want to make that abundantly clear, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, you, you know, every time... You're exactly right, and... Um, every time you start hearing things about a pitcher, and I was starting to say this about, you, you bring up Shohei, the last two months he's been coming out of starts for arm fatigue or this or a cramp or just something was off. And, you know, it, maybe it wasn't the fact that he had a torn UCL yet. I don't think he would have been able to pitch multiple times with that. But it was, something was off. So that becomes the worry. is Okay, well, maybe you're not hurt yet, but what is off? And, and this could also be Jack Clarity's way of saying I, something didn't feel right. I've been injured a lot in my career. I know, I, I know when something is wrong before it really happens. So maybe it was just a, I need to, I'm going to pump the brakes here for just a second and I'm going to be fine. And, and the fact of what you said, of, of they haven't, you know, gone to a new roster spot, nothing like that and nothing alarming has come out yet. So uh, to answer the question, I, of course, there's cause for concern. Mm -hmm. I can't lie to you. But I, I, I'm going to take him for his word and just say something just felt a little off, and he knows his body better than anyone on planet Earth, and he's going to hold off for a second. All right. I hope that's the case. I hope it'd be really difficult for the Orioles who have made one move at the deadline 
and to have gotten three starts out of a guy. That would have been a really difficult thing. Uh, ben, we were talking about in the last segment, I wonder if you could help us out with it. If Let's just say the playoff started tomorrow. You're the Baltimore Orioles. How are you setting up a playoff rotation at this point? Oh, man. It, it gets difficult. Um, and this is, are we assuming that Jack Flaherty is, is there? I would say at the and, moment we're still assuming that Jack Flaherty's part of it, yes. Okay. So I would go, I'm going to go Kyle Gibson. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I, feel like, I feel like Kyle Gibson this year has been, having him, having him start off the rotation uh, with his, uh, with his veteran presence, I feel like would be really good for for the team. So I'm going to go Kyle Gibson one, and then that allows you to go. Let's see, let's see. I'm going to go. I'm probably going to go Flaherty at three would be my guess. Okay. So you're going Bradish two then? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I was. I was back and forth between Bradish one or two. And I think I like going him, but oh, man, this gets see. This is the problem, and this is why I wish the Orioles had done more in the off season and at the trade deadline. Is because the team is more than capable of winning a World Series. They're extremely good, but they needed they they need pitching. That's that's what needs to happen. Is they need more pitching, and it just didn't happen, and it's really frustrating. And now we're stuck with a decision between yes, Bradish has been really good this year, tied for the league lead in ERA. Exactly, and 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 the serviceable friend and Jack Flaherty is dealing with question marks now. So you have this young team that is so ready to go out and prove that they are here, and and I think they've done that this year. But ultimately, they they did that the second half of last year, and this year was about getting into the playoffs and doing damage. And now we're sitting here talking about how they're going to line up their playoff rotation. And uh, aside from from Bradish, it, it's who. Who's the who's a who's a dominant arm that they can turn to in in that rotation? The back end of the bullpen is fantastic. They have all the makings of of a, a dominant team. Yet they didn't go do much. I mean, yes. are, are we starting Dean Kramer? And I mean, sure, Kramer's been great. You know, but I think winning a World Series, you have to have that dominant starter or two I agree. in the rotation. And and they didn't go add that, and they still haven't yet. So, so let- some combat. Of uh, to answer the question, I guess Bradish. Uh, you know, I still one or two Gibson, Flaherty, and Dean Kramer. I don't know what you do. I, I would great Grayson Rodriguez's stuff is disgusting, but in the playoff, I, I, I don't know. It could be a good like six, seven, eight inning. I will say. It, it, no, it's a tri- everything that you're talking about is the difficulty that we're having when we have this conversation, Ben. <laughs> like, I, I <laughs> and and the part is what's frustrating about watching Gibson and Flaherty struggle of late is those the guys that you know have the innings in them. Like, they're the mercenaries here, right? Like, you know they can pitch all – there's no issue. Grayson Rodriguez, I I am tantalized every time I watch him pitch. And he wasn't even great on Tuesday night, and yet, you know, he still managed to deliver a quality start. Grayson Rodriguez is tantalizing, but do I know with certainty he definitely has the innings in him still? Like, he's already passed his career high, and there's still a month to go in the season at this point. And that's the – it's the difficult part about watching this is like I for the big picture, 
it's awesome to see Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer look better, you know, and and of course Grayson Rodriguez. But for the 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 you know the macro versus micro thing, for the micro, they really need those other two dudes to pitch well because those are the guys that you know can pitch for them in the postseason. Absolutely, and that's kind of the that's kind of the head scratcher of all of this. Is I mean, we we knew the team was ready last year, and I feel like the one since we've added. Uh, Jack Clarity this trade deadline, which is, uh, you know, I'm not complaining about that pickup. I would have just liked to see more. And I feel like the team wasn't put in as good of a position to succeed in the playoffs as they could have been. Um, what the wild card, we're t- chatting with Ben Verlander here on GCR. The wild card is, of course, John Means, who's going to make another rehab start tomorrow at AAA. And Brandon Hyde says he's on track to be back in early September. But, like, you know, the, he went four innings. He's made three. This will be his fourth rehab appearance. And the longest he's gone so far is four innings. What would you need to see from John Means to be comfortable? Because he's, you know, that, that's John Means we're talking about. To be comfortable with the idea that he could be part of the solution as a starter in the playoffs. Or are you completely writing off that possibility? Oh man, I've been thinking, I've been having this discussion with myself a lot lately because one, uh, I love John Means. And if you were to tell me right now that John Means is going to be the ALCS MVP for having two dominant stars, oh. I, I would love it. Oh, but so cool. what, are, what are the, what are the odds of that for a guy that, uh, we all obviously know the journey that he's been on and, and coming back from, what are the odds that he can be counted on as a, playoff rotation guy man i i would say that's slim but i would love him to get to a place where he can be used and look there's still a month left of the season uh he's getting ramped up but it just it feels like a long shot to expect those innings from him come october i would love for him to be used in a role like a uh, you remember a few years ago when we were getting the Andrew Miller type role from the from the Guardians, where he was coming in in the fifth, sixth, mm-hmm. seventh, and mm-hmm. bridging gaps to the bullpen. Yep. I would love for John Means to be in that kind of role in October, but really, it's just selfishly wanting John Means to have a big role in October. Uh, uh, us three, uh, by the way, like we are. <laughs> I, I am an unabashed John Means guy. Everybody knows that, and uh, <laughs> know, know his family well. He's one of my favorite people. And I, I think it'd be incredible. And again, it's such a wild card, right? Because if in some bizarro world he was able to ramp up to that point, when you talk about like a dominant starting pitcher, he could be that guy, right? Like he could be that type of difference maker. But I, definitely, to, yeah. To your point, it's it's difficult to assume that at the moment. It's it's tough. Um, can I also run this by you? And then I want you to talk about the Gunnar Henderson podcast. I don't know if you saw what happened the other night in Baltimore, but um, Felix Batista came in a tie game in the ninth inning and pitched nine pitches, and then it was still tied going to the 10th, and they didn't put him back out for the 10th. And on the first pitch, Mike Bauman gives up a two-run homer. And I had never heard this philosophy before, but I talked to a lot of baseball people. Because Brandon Hyde said after the game, hey, if we were on the road, it would be different. And all I could think to myself is like, why? I don't. I don't fully understand that. Like, there's still another game the next night, whether you're at home or on the road, and the the thought process goes that if you're going to use your highest leverage arm to a spot where he won't be available the next night, then the second inning better be when you know he's pitching to win the game because you have the lead, instead of pitching in a tie game where you might not win 
because now you might not win and you've wasted your highest leverage arm. And I, I get it. Like, I understand it. And enough baseball people have told me that's that's a common thought that I'm willing to accept it. But it's still kind of, they didn't need they ended up not needing Felix Batista last night. They won seven to nothing and they, they didn't use him on Monday and saved him for a game they didn't need him for. What do you make of that idea of when you use that arm for an extra inning or push it, particularly noticing that his pitch count wasn't up in any way? You know, it, it's interesting you bring this up because I had this conversation with uh, I had this conversation literally yesterday with some uh, some older MLB retired guys because we were watching a Brewers game and uh, Devin Williams came in in the, in the ninth inning in a tie game instead of obviously in, in a save situation. So it, the rules are changed if you're on if you're on the road or at home because if you're at home uh, and it it gets to the let's say the ninth and you're then you're starting to think about extras there will there will not be a safe situation right. if you win the ball game you win the ball game you don't have to go back out there so i've been under I, I like the decision of if you get to the if you get to the bottom of the eighth at home and you're tied okay so if you get to the bottom of the eighth and it's tied that's when i like to warm up the closer and throw him out there in the ninth in a tie game and then go and win it in the bottom of the ninth. If you're at home, that's the route I like. Instead of an eighth inning type of guy, or, or I, I say bring him in in the ninth in a tie game, try and win it in the bottom of the ninth, give your team that possibility. And then if you get to the tenth, then it's all hands on deck in the bullpen. You got to go a different route. Okay. All right. So then you're on board with it. I, again, it's not just you and it's not just Brandon Hyde. I heard from a lot of other folks. It's just, I don't know, it's weird to me. And I couldn't help but think about it when you didn't need Felix Batista the next night. I'm like, huh, might have been nice to have maybe had him use a couple more pitches the previous night. All right, Ben, uh, yeah. you had Gunnar Henderson on Flipping Bats this week. Tell everybody about it and uh, where they can find the podcast. Yeah, Gunnar is uh, hes just an awesome dude. And it, it, was really, it was really an interesting conversation for me because one talked all about this, this Orioles team and how good they are and how far they can go. And really not about this year, but over the next, decade uh, how excited he is about this team um but I, I really wanted to discuss a lot of the conversations i end up having with players are uh I, I do them a little bit differently just because of my experiences in in professional baseball and the the inconsistency that i had uh which caused me to not be able to get to the big leagues you know being really good and then being really bad and that's not a good route to the big leagues is being inconsistent so i was really excited to talk to gunner about uh, the start to this year yeah. and how much has helped him and, and how he was able to genuinely, like it, it's an easy thing to ask, like, Oh, how were you able to get through it? But you know, I, I don't really, I, I know for, a, I, I've experienced it. It's, it's not easy and there is a way, um, but it's very, very difficult on people. So to ask him that question and to hear um, and to hear him tell the story and, and tell the reasoning for being able to get through that and, and turn things around for me was fascinating. And there were some great reasons, but the best one I heard is that he got a haircut in Milwaukee and it turned everything around. So uh, <laughs> all, all I needed to do was get a haircut throughout my career. Yeah, right. That's, that, all the difference, <laughs> all the difference in the world. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was, it was a really fun conversation. It's called uh, "Flipping Bats" with Ben Verlander. It's it's anywhere you listen to your podcast. And yeah, it was literally uh, Wednesday's episode, the, the most recent one. 
at Ben Verlander on the website formerly known as Twitter. Always appreciate you, man. You, you always kill every time we do this. Thanks for taking the time for us. I really appreciate of you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. Always appreciate it. Ben Verlander, Fox Sports, with us here on uh, GCR. I- I'm I'm struggling with this because it is a commonly held belief. Ben Verlander joins the list of folks that I've talked to about this. It ain't just me. It ain't just him. It ain't just. It is commonly held amongst baseball people. It's different at home than on the road. And I I can I can understand it. I can get it but I still struggle with it. I, I really do. Particularly if the thought is, well, hey, we can play for one run. Well, then can't you assume that you can get that one run in the bottom of the inning? That's what I, that's my issue. That's, can't help it. Can't help but think about that. Hey, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, let's switch things up here in the second hour of the program, and we're going to talk a little Maryland football as they get ready one week from Saturday to open up the season against Towson. Joining us now, one of the leaders along the offensive line for the Terps. He is offensive tackle Delmar DJ Glaze, and he is with us now here on GCR. DJ, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, dude. I can't even imagine how fired up you are right now. DJ, can you talk about, you know, how these last couple of years have gone for you? And obviously, you like, when you came in, it was the bizarreness of the pandemic season. But to watch a program that you committed to at a point where things were tough and it was coming off, you know, scandal and coaching change, to now back-to-back, big bowl wins, a lot of belief. you got a coach using the word championship when he talks to you guys. How has this happened for this program to get to this point? Uh, yeah, uh, like you said, when I came in, it was a COVID year. But, you know, guys weren't really able to, you know, be together as much as we, you know, probably should have been. Uh, you know, trying to battle with COVID and football, you know, having to cancel every now and then. Uh, you know, that was something that showed us, you know, the, the previous, the next two years, uh, we, we took that the chance to bond and grow together. Uh, we didn't take that for granted because we saw what, what would happen when we didn't. We weren't able to do that. So, um, you know, it's definitely been, you can see the change and growth over time because we were able to, you know, bond together, grow together, do activities together. Uh, and then the last two bowl seasons, you know, like Coach talked about, uh, building blocks for, it prepares some for now where he feels like he can start using that word championship. So, uh, just to see the steady growth and improvement, uh, it definitely shows that, you know, the work we put in isn't going to waste. Uh, and, you know, we're fired up to continue to work and continue to build on what we have done in the past. We referenced the bowl win. I know that probably had to be pretty uniquely exciting for you, right? Like being a Charlotte kid, being down there. Like what did, what did that experience mean to you? Uh, that was definitely a fun, cool experience. Uh, going back home to Charlotte, playing in the Panther Stadium. Uh, I remember going to games when I was a kid, so uh, it was definitely fun to get there and 
get a chance to play in the stadium. That's cool. You know, where I, I was watching professional games. So you you didn't like ask anybody to dump mayonnaise on you, did you? Afterwards, you weren't like that no, excited. No. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I recommend. That's probably for the best. We did a bit on the show, and I get let them dump mayonnaise on me, and boy, I I'll never do that again. I know that much. Uh, DJ Glay is with us here on GCR. DJ, um, give me your path, right? Like, you know, I, I mentioned you're a kid from Charlotte, and, you know, this is a different time. Once upon a time, you know, maybe it makes a little bit more sense. Hey, right, a kid from Charlotte playing in the ACC, but now you know, Maryland's in the Big Ten. What was the connection for you? Why, you know, again, at a weird time in Maryland football, why was it that this was the place where you wanted to be? All right, so, uh, you know, in, in high school, you know, I uh, had a couple of injuries or whatnot, so, you know, people are – you know, people are scared to take chances when you have injuries and, like, you only play one true full year of high school ball. So, um, uh, Maryland came around and, you know, they, they talk about, you know, they want tough, reliable players. Uh, so Locks told me, you know, we're going to take, you know, we, we, we're going to look past the injuries. We want you to come in and be able to contribute. So, you know, just them taking the chance and being, like, one of the only schools to do so. Uh, it felt like the perfect fit because, you know, they didn't look at, you know, the injuries or he only played one year. They looked at he can come in and contribute. So, you know, it just felt like the perfect fit for me. And it was an opportunity I felt like I had to take. It seems like it's working out okay for you. It seems like everything's <laughs> yes, been sir. pretty good so far. <laughs> uh, DJ, you know, we reference um, that a lot of programs, they won't let you talk about anything beyond, like, the next game, right? Like, in a lot of programs, they'll say, the only thing we're talking about is Towson. That's it. But, you know, your coach has set the tone, and, and he's out there openly. He was on with us a couple weeks ago talking about championships, and that's something that's not happened. It, there hasn't been a conference championship at Maryland in over two decades at this point. What does, right. what does it mean to you for the, your coach to say, we're talking about this now? Like, that's, that's real for us, that we're going to talk about winning a Big Ten title. Um. No, it definitely means a lot because I know in years previous, um, you know, we will always talk about, you know, we're not going to talk about championships right now. But for him to come out this year and say, you know what, we're competing for a Big Ten championship, um, it shows the trust that he has in his team. Uh, it shows that, you know, he thinks that we can go out and compete. Uh, now it's on us. Uh, he already put it out there. So now it's on us to put in the work, you know, go week by week and do what we got to do to – know, get to that level to where we're competing for a big Ten championship. So, you know, uh, it shows the trust is there, um, you know, and it, and it definitely gets the guys fired up to know, like, the coach is like, let's go win. Let's go win a big Ten championship. So, you know, we, we're still going to take it week by week, but, you know, we, we ultimately have that end goal of, you know, we know where we want to be. So we want to go week by week and try to dominate each week to get there. What what does it take? Because you know, as we've pointed out, we've seen you guys be right there. I was I was down for the Ohio State game a year ago, right? You guys are right there in it, and you've been very competitive. What does it take to make up that difference, so that when you're playing, you know, these best teams in the country that we're talking about, you guys end up coming out on top? What's the difference for this team right now in competing versus winning to the point that you would need to to get to a championship? Um. Really, I would say it's the, the discipline piece. Uh, you know, yeah. last year we, we won eight games, but, you know, we were one of the most penalized teams in college football. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to win when you when you have a lot of penalties. So, 
I mean, we still won eight games. So just imagine if we clean up that little part uh, and continue to execute at a high level. Uh, you know, things are, you know, continue to grow. Like like we said, building blocks. Things will continue to get better. And then that, that I think that's what will separate us from, you know, winning eight games versus winning 10, 11, 12 games. Do you, you know, first of all, we saw last night was karaoke night. It, it, did everybody participate? What like I, was this a, a freshman thing? Like, what what was the story for karaoke night last night? Uh, so usually we do it every year, uh, the last week of camp. So you know, guys can uh, record songs, uh, do what they have to do. So you know, it's a mix of everybody, whoever wants to go up. Okay, so it's not like nobody's being forced to participate. It's just if you want no, to, no, you no. can. Did you choose to participate in karaoke night last night? I did. I did. All right. Uh, will you tell us what it is that you performed? Uh, I did a song by Shaw. It's an old school uh, R&B song. Uh, if I ever fall in love again. I oh, I know. Way. If I ever fall in love yeah. again, you gotta have some uh-huh. pipes for that, bro. Like, <laughs> are you are you like legitimately a singer? No, but I try. You there's no chance that we could get you to like you know maybe <laughs> give us a little taste. Is there any chance that you give us like even just even just like one line of the chorus? Uh, let me see. This is um. Like the very first time that I saw your brown eyes, your lips said hello, and I said hi. There we go. That's great, bro. <laughs> That's great. I love that, man. I, I, the vibes seemed immaculate, right? Like the, they were tweeting the out pictures and uh coach locks grooving with like the scepter and everything um what what is that you know how important has he been to you and and we talk about him a lot and i you know i'm unabashed he's a guy that i've known for a long time i like him a lot you know i know how much this means to him can you talk about how important he's been for you and your process for this team in making the jump to where it is that you're trying to get right uh I would say he's been really important. You know, when I came in, um, he, he, like, I think my second year, he uh, brought me in and he was like, you know, we're going to put you on the leadership council. We want you to be somebody who's going to lead. Um, and uh, he just, he, he saw something, you know, bigger. A lot of people didn't. Uh, but, you know, just trying to, trying to push every day. Uh, you know, he, he's a great leader. Uh, so, Trying to live up to, you know, what he thought about me um, and, you know, build that leadership based off what I see him do every day. So it definitely meant a lot, you know, from awesome. since I've got here and uh, building that relationship since my second year. Now going into my fourth year, uh, you can see like, the growth and improvement. That's awesome, man. It's really cool to hear you talk about it that way. Uh, and then, DJ, before we let you go, what else do we need to know about you, right? Obviously, you, you got some pipes. You can sing a little bit. But, like, what else, like, you know, if, if we catch you maybe on a Friday night in the spring where you're not getting ready for a football game, like, what's life look like for DJ Glaze? What else are you into besides football? Uh, I really just like to, you know, relax. Uh, I might sit back and play the game with a couple, play the game with a couple of my teammates. What's, what's uh, the game of choice? What are you guys playing? Right now, it's a lot of uh, Madden. Okay, you that know, makes Madden sense. Just came out. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Who do you play as when you play Madden? I like the Eagles. Okay, where is that? Like, were you uh-huh. an Eagles fan, or is it just you know they're really good, they're loaded, their roster's insane? <laughs> Why wouldn't you pick the Eagles? Yeah, 
Right, that's just really good. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> it makes uh, sense. Right. I totally understand, bro. Uh, DJ, I, I, it seems like you're not particularly active on social media. I know you got, like, it's at uh, Delmar underscore, or on Delmar.glaze on Instagram, right. correct, is where people can follow you? Uh-huh. All right, give them a follow yeah, there. Uh, DJ, we're so excited to see what you guys can do this season, man. Uh, can't wait to get out there. It looks like it's going to be a special season. I appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us. We'd love to catch up again down the road. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you for having me. It's DJ Glaze, uh, Maryland offensive tackle, getting ready for the start of the season. One week from Saturday, they uh, host Towson in the opener, then Charlotte, Biff Pogey in Charlotte the following week. Uh, so, um, Good opportunity for Maryland. A lot of people talking about like the, the start of the schedule should shape up for them to try to put together some wins, build some confidence, maybe create a little excitement. That would be nice. I'd be all for that. Appreciate him taking the time for us. We'll talk some more Terps here with Jerry DiNardo in just a few minutes. Oh, my. Um, let's grab a break. Let's do that. By the way, Ryan, did you prepare a Nerds Corner for today? Are you serious? I thought you said you were going to do that. Uh, I did do a tidbit, but uh, I thought the tidbit was more important. I was really excited about doing Nerds Corner. I really was, and I'm, I normally hate it, and I was actually excited. I'm like, it would be good to have it back. Well, I might be you doing, threw it out there. I might be doing a show next week, so maybe I'll have one. What the hell's going on? Is he quiet quitting? Like, no. is that what's happening? <laughs> no, I literally got a call from Griffin yesterday, literally like five minutes into. Oh, he didn't call me about it. This is maybe a bit of an awkward situation. Oh, did I just reveal? Is he quiet quitting? I don't think so. This Are you is, sure? I think this is next Friday. I know how this goes. I think this is like an extended, hey, I want like yeah, but, a whole weekend. Like, <laughs> got bigger problems. I had things I needed Griffin to do. Yeah, we got to have that conversation. <laughs> I had to have this conversation with you once. You did. And I have to pull him aside. There's a lot of this. Young people have this feeling like, well, if I just do it quietly. No, 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 no. We do things in the open around here. See, I assumed that everything that Griffin told me was, run, no, was from Glenn. No, thought, no, 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 down. no, 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 no. Got to have these conversations. Now, look, man, I was young once. I know these games. I understand it. You were young once? Believe it or not. It's hard to imagine because I'm a thousand <laughs> years old, and then I still can't. I don't know how to operate a vehicle. And change your tire. I know. For God's sakes, I know how to change a tire. Car arrived at the shop. Everything's, I say good, loosely good. They they say it's going to be fixed by 4 o'clock, so I hope that means that it's not that bad. Did it involve involve a uh, fire extinguisher? I, there was a moment where I was afraid it was going to need to. There was a moment where I was like, oh, no. And they say the car is going to be done between 3 and 4. So I can't imagine that if it's going to be done between 3 and 4, that that means they had to do drastic things to it. But, oh, boy. So where is your car right now? It's at the shop. Where's it's the there. shop? In Hunt Valley. Oh. We're good. All's good, man. Because sometimes the shop is like, you know, miles and no, miles no, no, away. No, 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 no. We, we pick the shop. It's a the friends of a friend, you know, type of situation. Not that, not that I get any <laughs> discount whatsoever. <laughs> not even a little bit. In fact, I'm not even sure why we go there. The hookup it, is regular price. I, they have a good relationship with my wife, I think is what it is. And so, like, that's where she's like, we take our cars there. And I say, all right, I'm not, not worth fighting. If, if somebody wants to come along and be my new shop of choice, by all means, we are in the market for an official shop of Glenn Clark Radio. It'll be like The Bachelor. Yeah. We can compete, give you a rose, the whole thing. All right, when we come back in, Jerry DiNardo from Big Ten Network. We'll talk to him next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. 
catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you are in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports & Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sportsbook all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks to indulge in steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. Hotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-play, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. That first six. That first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? 
All right, back in here on GCR. Don't forget, when you sign up with Superbook and use the code GlennClark23, that's G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-23, the number's 2-3, you will get a first bet match up to $250, win or lose. So you make a $250 bet on something, you win it, you get a bunch of money, and you get $250 worth of free bets. You lose, all good. You still get those $250 worth of free bets. It's up to $250, so whatever your first bet is, it'll be matched. Glenn Clark 23 is the code, superbook.com, or download the Superbook app. Let's talk a little more Maryland football. We just had DJ Glaze on the program. Our next guest, of course, been uh, wandering around the Big Ten these last couple of weeks, getting to talk to everybody. He is former coach, Big Ten Network analyst. Coach Jerry DiNardo is with us once again here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Glenn. Appreciate it. Um, I, you know, we were talking to Mike Loxett a couple weeks ago. I know he's been saying the same thing to everybody else that he said to us. It's a big deal for him. He's using the word championship. Now, someone might say, hey, you know, anybody can do that, right? That doesn't mean anything. But I understand why he has not wanted to use those words and why he's told his guys not to use those words. Is it is now the right time for him to be talking like that, or is that still way too aggressive for a program that hasn't proved that it can sustain competitive levels against the top teams in the conference? Glenn, I just think it's a matter of style. I, I mean, who if you're a coach, you can't say, well, we don't want to win championships. We want to have a good season. So everybody wants to win a championship. I the East is stronger than it's ever been since we have been East and West because Penn State has caught up to Michigan and Ohio State. So if Maryland is four, you know, they have to play head-to-head maybe top five teams in the country. So schedule, although after that, the schedule is, is good. They've got a good fair crossover. They've got a good non-conference thing. So, you know, I think we can get hung up on those things. I, you know, if Mike wants to talk championships, that's obviously what you want to do. He'll have a better chance, most likely, to win a championship when we go away from the division. Yeah. Because it's hard to build a program in the present East and West. I love leaders and legends. I wish they would have kept it. Everybody had a chance to be upward mobile. There was two balanced divisions. The coaches in the East, they're all very happy that the East is being broken up. Right. Although with the addition of the Pac-12 teams, it, 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 maybe it won't get any easier. Well, yeah, it's going to be bizarre more than it's going to be anything else in the coming years. Coach, I, what is the path? Like, what in what world could Maryland take another step forward? And beyond just, you know, like winning another game, but actually become a threat is it, can it be done? Do they have enough, or is it simply a mathematical equation of they don't, they just don't have the horses that the other, these other programs have? There's no way to overcome that. Okay, so here, here's obviously how I see it. If you look at the the conference, okay, and you rank the teams one through eighteen next year, okay. And you say, if they're all maximizing their resources, what's the best job? What's the worst job? And what's two through 17? And then you plug Maryland in, okay? Your answer, Glenn, may be different than my answer. But it's not going to be in the top four. It's not going to be Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, USC, Washington, whoever you want to put ahead of them, right? So that's what you have to do first. So now you know the challenge. 
So now can I, can I recruit a Heisman Trophy candidate? Can I build a defense that be- is better than any other Maryland defense than they've had? Can I, can I not turn to – I mean, everything has to go. Not only that, so you control that 50%, Glenn. The other guy's got to be screwing it up, right? I mean, Michigan can't be maximizing their resources. Ohio State yeah. can't be maximizing their resources. Because if they are, if you're maximizing your resources at Maryland, you're not going to catch them. So you need the people above you to falter a little bit, and you got to be one hell of a coach, maximizing your resources, playing with a great quarterback, and winning the turnover battle. So what's a reasonable goal for for this year, coach? Like I, I, you know, I think a lot of people have said, look at the schedule. There's a path to nine wins on that schedule, right? Like it's not overwhelmingly daunting. Is that the most reasonable and yet a, you know like legitimate goal that Maryland football could have? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, and I've been in this situation. It's not linear. You know, just because you won seven games or eight games, you win nine or ten the next year. They've got to rebuild their offensive line. One guy's coming back. I worry about Leah. He's a great athlete, and he. he I worry about a, a young offensive line not protecting him, him breaking the pocket, yeah. putting himself in, in harm's way, trying to make a play, throwing it late across the middle. So I worry. I worry about that because he's going to want to make a play. So the offensive line has to come along. The defense. I mean, this is all fundamentals, right? The defense has to stop them giving up as many big plays as they did. So, so I don't have the schedule in front of me. I know it's favorable. Uh, I, I would say a fair goal, and a coach will never say this, I think this, this stays in the corner office all by himself or herself, that these are the matchup opponents. It's my job to make sure we win the matchups, and I need to get one or two upsets. So look at the schedule. Look at the matchups. Look at what they're better than the people they play. Make sure you win all those games. And, and, and how about an upset here? How, how about an upset there? I, I, I think that's where it starts. You, you can't look at the best teams on your roster, on your schedule yet. Beat the matchups and, and maybe upset somebody. And I feel like that's the reason why people think it's viable, right? Like, you know, and I'm not trying to be dismissive. So you, you, to your point, you played Towson, Charlotte, Virginia at home to open the season. Then you're at Michigan okay, three, State. Good. Right, then you're at Michigan State Four. and Indiana at home. So Four or five. you feel like there's a legitimate chance there to be five and oh going into the Ohio State game, right? Like, okay, that come on. You know, you're on the road at Ohio State. There's nothing reasonable about that conversation. But okay. but then you're Keep home going. then you're home against Illinois and at Northwestern. And take both of them. Yep. Right? Good. Like you start saying to yourself, okay, well yeah, there's a, yeah, a real yeah. chance to be seven and one. Then you got Penn State at home. That's where you start getting into the conversation of like at some point can you figure out a way to do it? But I'm even willing to say at this point it's still probably unreasonable, right? Like it's still probably well, I, I, yeah, but there's a little bit of a rivalry there. Emotions will be high. Recruiting emotions translate into the staff room, translate into practice, translate into the games. So, so that that's reasonable. So, I mean, it, I mean, so, they're not going to be favored there. No, not a chance. But if it's right. if it's reasonable, if that's the make or break, right? So I'll I'll say that's a swing because we're talking about seven and one versus or eight and one versus seven and two there. Then it's at Nebraska, okay. at Nebraska, home against Michigan at Rutgers. And neither one of those road okay. games is daunting. Like, I get the, the, the you know, who knows what to make of the Matt Rule era now at Nebraska, and maybe he can get things turned around. But at the moment, they're not daunting. Like, and again, when you start Correct. doing this math, you say, like, man, there's a real chance of, of, <laughs> of nine wins. Like, there is. Now, again, I, it, it still seems lofty. Like, this is still Maryland football we're talking about. But, like, the schedule is just not so overwhelming 
that you can't look at it and say, you know, even if even if you don't do the most ridiculous things on your schedule, you could still see nine wins. And to your point, if you could steal one of those big games, you could have a really special season. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm trying I'm trying to remember. I think their schedule is ranked 13th most difficult, which means it's one from the bottom. I can't remember. The problem with what you and I are saying, Glenn, mm-hmm. is the same people that we're counting. Yep. Those people are counting now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And the most fun I ever had in coaching was, you know, like at Vanderbilt when you played a matchup opponent or LSU when you played a matchup opponent or India. I mean, because you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you finally have right. all the control. Right. I mean, if you don't do it, it is your fault. Yeah. Nobody else's. Yeah. And that is so cool. And when you, when you win a matchup game, I don't mean talented. I mean some of the games you and I are talking about. Man, there's, it, it's it's the highest high you can ever have. Oh, oh, God. For Maryland to actually be able to win all those games, control those things. Oh, what a world it would be. We would be very excited <laughs> about that here. God, that would be very exciting. Um, you got that, me fired up, Glenn. I, Coach, it really is the type of thing where, you, like, I want to be this, and then I have to step back and say, right, but it's Maryland football. Settle down. Keep like, <laughs> Calm down. This is what we're talking about. But, you know, if they can, to your point, if they can keep Leah healthy, right, like, then they have a chance. Yeah. Uh, we were talking to DJ if Glenn. Leah can keep Leah healthy. Correct. Leah has to keep Leah healthy. Leah has to has. He has to understand an incomplete pass isn't the end of the world. Yeah. A sack is worse than an incomplete pass, but it's still not the end of the world. You can see it from there, but it's not the end of the world. So if you have to take a sack, if you have to throw an incomplete pass, it's okay. Um, it's okay. You've got a young offensive line. Give them, give, them, give them time to develop. The other thing that was infuriating a year ago was the penalties. I mean, DJ Glazers brought it up. They were one of the most penalized teams in the country. And I, you know, I'm an unabashed Mike Loxley guy. And so, mm-hmm, like, I'm I'm willing to say, you know, hey, I if they're winning games despite the penalties, I'll live with the penalties. But like, imagine if that's the next step that they could take as a program is just cleaning up being one of the most penalized teams in the entire country from a year ago. That would go a long way to getting me to believe that there could be a next step for them to take as a program. And Glenn, when would the penalties make a difference in all the games you and I counted? Yep. 100%. Because the margin of error is yep. small. You know, against against the three best three of the best teams in the country, it may not make a difference, although it could. But it, as you and I speak, it is 100% sure that who has less penalties in those matchup games gets a little bit of an edge. I completely, completely agreed. And it is, to me, a massive – the Purdue game from a year ago stands out significantly. You clean up some of the penalties. You had no business losing at home to Purdue a year ago. Um, but they did, and if you can clean that up, that could be the difference in a year like this. What, what, what did Locks call it? Turp on turp violence? Yep, yep, turp on turp crime. Yeah, 100%. Yep, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> no reason to be committing it. No reason for that to be happening. Coach. Um, oh, I love Locks. Uh, and I really do too. I hate I, I hate this because I just I like him personally so much and it makes it difficult because I'm supposed right. to have a job where I'm capable of. But I, like I I don't think there's any human that is more uniquely suited for the unique challenges of this job than Mike Loxley yeah. is. And I'm not saying he that makes him the best coach in the country. I I don't believe that for a second. But knowing everything that goes into this job, coach, I just don't know that any human could understand all of it and do as well as possible in those circumstances the way that Mike Loxley can. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that's really a fair assessment. And it, it, to, to be extreme, he might be one of the few coaches that isn't at a historic power, someone that's considered a have and not a have not, and say, I never want to leave, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you, you, you can count those people in the history of college football on, on, on one hand yep. that a coach is coaching as a non-historic program, has an uphill battle, plays in a very competitive conference, and still says, this is the job I want. Yep. Most of us say it. We're probably all lying. I think Locks might be telling the truth. Oh, I, I wholly believe it. I don't think there's a chance in hell yeah. that he would want to go. I mean, like, again, I, it's easy for me to say that. And who knows? Like, USC comes available. Right, I, but, we, not... but, 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 Glenn, we're more likely. Oh, coach, you there? Did we lose you? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah oh, uh, sorry, I lost yeah. you there for a second. Go ahead. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. But we're more likely to say this about blocks yep. than any other, anybody yep. else. 100%. Like, if you pick another school that's similar, you know, that coach might be saying that, and that's until he's you know, gets a better job and gets more money. What locks you, you know, if you turn down a historic job, you might say, well, that's locks. All right. Who else is interesting this season, Coach? Tell me the team that we are not – like, obviously we're paying attention to Ohio State, and, of course, we're paying attention to Michigan and Penn State. Tell me the other team in the conference that we in Baltimore don't think about, aren't talking about, but they're going to be exciting, they're going to be fun to watch, and they're going to be in the mix. Well, you know, I think Wisconsin is a is a very curious watch uh, for you know, some of the obvious reasons. First of all, Fick, you know, was the great assistant coach at Ohio State, interim head coach, and then defense coordinator. And he obviously took Cincinnati to the playoffs, which no one else had done from the group of five. But now he goes to Madison and puts in the air raid offense. And so, from a technical standpoint. You know, you know, what's that? Is that is that going to work? That's a drastic change in offense. And so I think that's a great X and O story. You know, the obvious can Jim Harbaugh win three in a row. I I mean, I I can't believe what he's done the last two years. I never thought this was going to work. Ryan Day. okay, he is his job is to never lose another game for as long as they play it. I mean, it's crazy. The pressure he is under. And if you look at them, Penn State and Michigan, you know, I, I've been saying they all could lose one game apiece to each other. And so this is a guy who's won like 95% of his games. But if you don't beat Michigan, I mean, he is under tremendous pressure. So this is a young coach, and we've all been through this. This is a young coach that used to be the offensive coordinator. He, he, play, he was the play caller. And now he might not be the play caller because he has a problem on defense. He's got to solve. He's got a problem in recruiting that he has to solve. And so the other thing about this Ryan Day situation, and I mean, I'm pulling like heck for him, but you could count on one hand how many coaches have taken over historic programs and and made it. Bob Davey at Notre Dame. As a first-time head coach, Lloyd Carr might be the only one. I was at Indiana when Mike Davis took over for Bob Knight first head coaching job. So try to think of someone who has become a first time head coach at a historic giant program and made it because most of us make mistakes at other places. It's fair. We make mistakes. Yeah. We make mistakes in the background. You know, you yeah. make a mistake at Vanderbilt, you know, there's a small group that care, Right. <laughs> but you, you know, you know, if you're a first first time head coach at Alabama at Ohio state, Marcus Freeman is under the same pressure. Yeah. 
because you don't get them you don't get to live through a lot of mistakes at those places. For a minute so it looked like they weren't gonna give Marcus Freeman a whole season last year. For a minute it looked like they were gonna have the pitchforks out halfway through the year. Yeah. So so I you know, some of those are the storylines. Uh you know, Bielema does a great job in Illinois. I mean I could I could go on about each school. I mean I could give you a great storyline in each school, but yeah. you know, I think Wisconsin's interesting. I think you know, Ryan Day is interesting. Harbaugh, can he maintain this? Look at the job James Franklin's done. I mean, we used to, I mean, we started going to Penn State. Think about this question. When Joe Paterno was coaching, that's how long ago the network started. They never had a really good offensive line. Then Bill O'Brien comes in. He tries to build an offensive line in two years and goes to Houston. It's taken James like 10 years to build an offensive line as good as there is in the conference. And it, 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 was, a, it was a steady climb. And so now Penn State's there, I believe. That's a bummer for us. We would prefer if that weren't the case. Coach, <laughs> um, always appreciate you. Really enjoy these conversations. I have no doubt, especially if uh, Maryland gets off to the start that we think they might be capable of, uh, that we'll have some exciting things to talk about as the season goes along. Thanks for hopping on this morning and spending the time uh, with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Glenn. I appreciate it. Thank you. Coach Jerry DiNardo, Big Ten Network, uh, with us here on GCR. Uh, he's great. Always enjoy him. And, um, yeah, you know, trying to get excited, fired up. College football gets underway this weekend. Of course, Navy, Notre Dame. We will make our first picks of the season tomorrow. Nick Kelly got in to the picks crew as well. We're going to have 10, 10, 10, a 10 spot. We're not going to have time to go over all these picks during the course. What's our, uh, Stetka update? No, Stetka's in. He doesn't have a choice. This is not a, Stetka doesn't get the bail now. If, if Stetka either wins like the league, or loses one more time, then maybe we'll revisit it afterwards. Okay. But he doesn't get the bail now. Okay. Now is not the time for him to bail. We it, Really, I need him to win. The, I need him to have his WrestleMania moment before I'm, allow, I'm willing to allow him to get out. Fair. Um, so I would say either if he wins or if it's like down to him and somebody else at the end of the year and he narrowly avoids being the loser. What you're saying could, is me. <laughs> Whoever it is, I don't care if it's you, if it's me, whoever it is. If like going into the Super Bowl, he's tied and avoids it, that's a, I would call that his WrestleMania moment. I would call that his championship. If if it was dramatic and he didn't end up being the loser. At this point we should probably call it uh victorious if he's not the loser by 15 games because he's it's been bad. It's been bad. Like when he's lost, he's lost. But um, I'm not letting him out yet. Not yet. Not yet. We got a group of 10, which is, I think it's 10, 10, 9 or 10, over, whatever it is. It's overwhelming. Double, too much, double, double way too much for me to manage. I'm going to have to push it off to somebody else. That might be yours. You might get to manage that. At oh, some thanks. Point. Yeah, congratulations. Um, oh, you want to tell everybody about what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel. Go, go right ahead. Yes. Uh, do you have what it takes to be a champion? Try your hand at the $25,000 Baccarat Tournament Live Casino and Hotel Maryland on August 31st. Compete for your chance to be one of six players to take home a share of $25,000 with a guaranteed prize of $8,888 in cash. With a buy-in of just $50, this is an opportunity you don't want to miss. For more information, go to maryland.livecasinohotel.com slash promotions. Uh, at Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. So before we get to tidbit and tubular... Uh, somebody started following me, or, or us, whatever you want to call it, but I was, you know, I was tweeting personally last night from the account. Somebody started following last night that I had to immediately block. Immediately, the moment that I saw that they were following us. 
Do you have any idea? I'll hand it towards you because it's not going to be difficult to see. Do you know who that person might be on Twitter? Any guess? I do not. You do not. This is the real Coach Roy started following. That person is a man named Roy Johnson. And last night after the Orioles game ended, I decided to spend some time with a little documentary called BS High. And Roy Johnson is the central figure in the documentary BS High because he was the alleged coach, I use in quotes, of the Bishop Sycamore football program. Again, I put in quotes. Roy Johnson is an effing psychopath who should be in jail. I'm going to feel differently about it when I find out that like he got paid for his participation. And like I if it's scale, I maybe will understand that. But like if it's anything more than that, then it's gonna be shameful. Because as empty as the Florida doc and as disappointing as the Florida doc was, and it's again, I think the worst moment in sports documentary filmmaking in history. Because there could not have been more to work with. There was a ton of excitement. They played into that by making it a four-part documentary, and then they said, ha-ha, LOL, we're not doing anything. It's, there's no point to this. I was shocked. I was at work yesterday, and people were, ta- were talking about that Florida documentary, how much they loved it. I was no, like, no, you, you, they, no. Did not, they did not watch the same documentary. No. They're just, a lot of people, I believe, uh, and I'm, I'm going to call out some by name at some point, I think a lot of people started tweeting about it that hadn't watched it because they just wanted to be involved in the conversation. Right. Everyone that watched it knows sucks it's not just that it's disappointing it's horrible on the flip side what hbo's doc bs high did was shine further light about how truly reprehensible all of this was every time you thought you had a hold on how fraudulent this whole thing was there was another layer to it. And what makes it worse is that this guy is just a sociopath. There's no attrition in any way. There is no... He's, he's, he's beyond a con man. He's... I mean, this is Donald Trump's America, right? Like, this is the... It's beyond gaslighting. It's beyond... It's just utterly and completely detached from any realm of humanity and purely evil and vile. And the things that he did should be criminal. And it's hard to figure out what could be and what might not be. They did at the end of the documentary mention there was a different, completely different situation where he was like arrested for stealing from a Best Buy, which has nothing to do with Bishop Sycamore, but maybe could be the thing that ultimately, I don't know. It's unbelievable. And n- not only does he not deny, he denies some things because he can tell like certain things he has to deny because there's black and white, like this would definitely be criminal if I acknowledge this. Other things that are in that gray area where like they should be criminal, but maybe they're not, he doesn't even bother to deny. Never paid bills. Never, you know, that's Donald Trump, right? Like that's the thing. Right. The, the bit is you're the suckers for, for paying. You're the suckers for paying the people that work for you. We're the ones that figured out that's how you get ahead in life. 
is you just run up massive debt and either declare bankruptcy or succeed thanks to that debt and then, ha-ha, LOL, sucks to be you. You're never getting your money. This guy is... I mean, like it, my skin was burning. So well, how did he follow you? Like, were you so, tweeting, were you tweeting about him, or was I, it? He just clearly was searching for his name on Twitter last night because I certainly did not at tweet him. Right. I had no interest in that. He's such a sociopath that he knew that everybody was going to be watching this documentary last night, and he either on TweetDeck or whatever. Well, TweetDeck, TweetDeck's gone. Whatever. I don't know what it is. He was just searching for his name clearly, and came across the fact that. But look, this dude is such a psychopath that I don't want him to have any. I don't. I would never talk to him. I would never. I don't want this dude to know that I exist because this guy looks like someone that's going to blow up a. There's also alleg- like serious allegations about domestic violence and like this guy looks like and comes off as one of the most evil humans I've ever seen in my entire life and is completely detached from reality in every aspect. And it's difficult, right? The line between. The amount of victimhood that you feel for the players that were involved because, like, as you learn, a lot of them were not kids. I mean, they were still young. They were still easily easy to manipulate. But they weren't actually children. They weren't high school aged. These were, like, 19 and 20-year-olds that may have been sold a lie. It's, it's like, there's a very gray area there where, like, everybody's story is unique. Were they told that they were going to play at a prep school or did they kind of know what was going on here and they were just like, whatever, if I can get some more film, I'll do it anyway. There's, it's everybody's story is unique. So like some of them you feel truly, I mean, awful for. Some of them, it's kind of clear, were victims of things that go beyond just the, the, the con. That like this dude might have been, might have been, the documentary presents, like he might have been taking out loans in players' names. Like it's evil. Yeah, that's awful. It's evil. It's a very good documentary in that it shines a light. It allows the guy to hang himself. It at no point presents him as a martyr. At any point, he attempts to present himself as being it's the don- only I can save you. Only I can do like it, he's not a coach, he's not a leader, he's not an anything. Like the, the the amount of fraud involved in this human makes you the only part that bothers you is like this guy shouldn't get any attention. This guy shouldn't even be a part of this documentary. But at least the way that they presented it was a way in which it shined the light and allowed him to hang himself. Like there's no ambiguity. You can't watch this thing and think anything like, well, this guy might have something figured out. No, this guy is vile. Is vile. Now, the problem is in this country, we reward vile sometimes. We reward evil and and make it seem like it's some amount of genius. So maybe he'll stand to benefit, and he certainly thinks that. Like the, He talks about it openly in the doc. It is absolutely... I would say it's worth the watch, but I'm telling you, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Like, you're going to have moments where your skin is going to crawl. Because I believe some of these people were actually children. And this is abuse. Not all of them were. And I don't even know where the line is between who was actually high school age and who actually was not. It is... It's fascinating. This is... You will... 
this you will think of this person like a Batman villain. You will think of this human like, you know, a, a, a true evil, vile, wretched stain on humanity. And it'll make it tough at times. Like at times you will want to turn it off because you can't look at the person any longer. But it was a well-made documentary in that way. I hope that he has no business interest in the doc. I hope that if anything, he was simply paid scale to be a part of it. I would like to think nothing at all, but I don't know what the rules are in, in that filmmaking. If he has a business interest in it, I will feel much different about it because that's shameful that he would be allowed to have a business interest in this because he shouldn't profit off of anything. Wretched. But BS High is the doc. It's up on Max. I watched it last night. <sighs> Boy. Did you need a shower after it? I mean, it is. I, like, you you thought you remembered every element. You were like, oh, my God. But we were laughing about it, right? Like, that's the, the effed up part is that we were laughing about it. It was a in, bit at one point. And in turn, now it's, oh, my God, this was just abuse. Like, straight up abuse is what was happening there. Fun! BSI. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Great cover story from Bo Smolka all about uh, the future with Lamar Jackson now in the contract era. Go pick it up today, this print issue of PressBox. And again, you can read it online, PressBoxOnline.com. Okay, so uh, in our conversation yesterday about Brandon Hyde uh, talking about potentially needing Felix Batista in the next day, and you kind of taking Brandon Hyde to task saying that you might not need Felix Batista the next day, you might you know win a game ten to one, you might get blown out ten yes. to one. Um, I did look at Felix Batista's appearances this year, where he threw less than fifteen pitches, which was twenty appearances uh, in those games, uh, where Felix Batista threw less than fifteen pitches. The Orioles the next day. Uh, their win-loss record was 12-8, and eight, and they their margin of victory or defeat was three and a half runs. I don't know that it really tells us anything. I'm not really sure that we learned anything from that. What, wouldn't it show that they were, one, winning the games, and two, um, that, they were neat, that they were winning them by probably yeah, four runs or more? Yeah, but it's more like, well, they went 12-8, and eight, and they didn't do that. <laughs> they, they basically were a 500 team in those games. It, it's, it comes off more an anomaly than anything else, right? Like... It, what did one have to do with the other? Um, I'm trying to figure out if I can deduce anything from that. Uh, you know, if what you're trying to say is the track record suggests that this wasn't going to be a close game, I, I also don't know if one of those games was a 12-run game and it screws up all the numbers from that point. So most of the games there was a there was a they. There was a game where they won twelve to one. Yeah, that's uh, that'll that, screw up. But when you're only talking about a sample size of twenty games, one one eleven run game will screw those numbers up. Most of the games were. There was a game in June where they won, lost ten to two. There was a game in at the end of May where they lost twelve to eight. So that's the one that kind of split the split the. Yeah, I'm not over. really sure that that taught us anything. Unfortunately, I think it's. I, I again, it's the the situation is what it is. That they're what they say. I also think it's different. If there's an off day the next day, then they're far more inclined. Like, all of the circumstances are different. It's the first game of a stretch of nine games in nine days, right? Like, okay, that does become interesting because you're already thinking about, like, if you play nine one-run games, you're not going to be able to use Felix Batista in all nine of them, right? Like, you're already thinking about the fact 
that with no off day for a week and a half, you're going to have to manage your usage of Felix Batista in some form or fashion. But again, that was provided for you last night, although he did get up and warm up and like th- there's always thoughts about what that how that affects a pitcher too. Um I don't I just don't think that number tells us a lot. Like that I think it's more like, huh, interesting, right? Like how many of those games were three runs or less on that list? Of twenty games, how many were three runs or less? Is that, you know, obviously those are save situations. Well, I mean they're not all necessarily because they could be three runs because somebody scored in the ninth inning, but let's just leave it at three runs. How many of them were three runs or less? Fourteen. So the majority, the overwhelming majority, 70% of them, yeah. were situations where you could have used Felix Batista. Correct. And so a, lot, their, a, lot, a lot of them were wins, too. Their argument would be, they would argue that that's proof that they did the right thing by not using Felix Batista for an extra inning because the track record says 70% of the time they've needed him again the next night. And only one of those 14 games was a was a 3 nothing deficit or three runs or less deficit. Wait, that was what? In, that was in July. Of those oh, 14 they games, were all, were, the other, all they were all the other, they were all the, thir- the other 13 were all wins. They were all wins. Well, they win a lot more than they lose, so that kind of right. makes sense. Um, again, I don't think that I think I think it's data, but I don't think it tells us enough of a story. I don't think it can be a predictor. I don't think you can predict the next night definitively. The, the, probably one of the factors that he can't say out loud about Monday night was Kevin Gosman's pitching the next night. And the likelihood that the Orioles were going to score seven runs. They sure as hell didn't do it all against Gosman. They got, what, two against Gosman? Yeah. And then after that, they just happened to pile on a bullpen and a defense that had no interest in – my God, they, it got ugly for the Blue Jays last night. It got really ugly. Yeah, I turned it off when it was 3 nothing, and then found out yeah, that – Yeah, it got – it got – it was – it was. and then, by the way, the, the only reason the bases were loaded is because they botched the double play earlier in the game. When I, when I complained earlier in the show about them blowing the bases <laughs> loaded one out – they, they shouldn't have had that situation because it was just the botched double play that allowed the bases to get loaded to begin with. Um, you know, that that would... I, if It's so... It's fascinating. I think that part of the thought process is we are up against Kevin Gosman and the likelihood of us having a big lead in a game like that is slim. And, you know, let's we can even project that further than that, right? Like, even today, they're facing another really good starting pitcher in Barrios. And I think that you look at that and say, we probably think we're going to need the leverage guys in our bullpen for one, if not both of these games. But it still does not give me – none of it presents to me okay. You know, like none of it gives me pass for it can always be a rule that you never have your leverage guy pitch a second inning at home. And even if it was, then I would still want to talk about why you put him in the ninth instead of putting him in the tenth. Like I – and somebody might present me data for that as well, but yeah, well, you're not going to have a tenth if he doesn't pitch the ninth. You might, right, right, but you're accepting that you could lose. You're you're saying we can accept that we might lose this game as long as we don't lose Felix Batista for the next two games. You presented that by making the decision to put Mike Bauman in in the tenth inning. That it was okay for you. You would rather potentially lose the game versus losing Felix Batista for the next couple of nights. So why not think ahead in that situation and have that pitcher pitch with a clean inning and Felix Batista pitch with a runner on second base? Are you a little worried that this is going to be like Zach Britton again in 2017 being left in the bullpen? <sighs> well, it was 2016. Yeah. 2016. Um, not left in the bullpen. I think that it's pr- like that the, the scenario that I just painted would be the one where you'd be worried that he'd be left in the bullpen. To, to Connor Newcomb's point, this is not the way. 
I, I agree with what he said. If this is a playoff game, Felix Batista is back out there. But, of course, you're also not going to have a runner on second base in a playoff game because they don't use the same rules in the extra innings in the playoffs that they do in the regular season. I think in a playoff game, they say, come hell or high water, we're firing the best bullets that we have in our gun to try to win this game, and we'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. And again, they're also hoping that Tyler Wells and John Means can help out in whatever form or fashion in solving the innings problem that they have, and then somebody else can be used out of the bullpen in that situation. But I, I, I it's more the concept. The concept is the part that I'm struggling with. In football, I'll make a comparison, right, because everybody kept saying, is this like an analytics thing? I'm like, I don't think it's an analytic thing. I think it's just an emotion about home versus away. In football, I I remember the first time someone pitched me the concept of when you're down by 14 in the fourth quarter and you score a touchdown, you're supposed to go for two. And I was like, what? Like, what? how does that make sense? But then you did the simple math of it and you understood it and you accepted why it's now the held belief. The belief is two-point conversions are 50-50. So if you get the first one, score another touchdown, then you win. You don't have to go to overtime. If you don't get the first one, the likelihood is that you're getting the second one because the percentages on two-point conversions are 50-50. So the math says if everything holds, you'll either set yourself up to have a better chance to win or worst-case scenario, you'll be in the same spot that you were in. Now, we know that's not actually the worst-case scenario. The thing about 50-50 is it's not a guarantee. You might fail twice on two-point conversions, and then you'll feel like a big dummy. But the math suggests that it's likely. So you can accept it. Like, because of the math, you can say, I get it. I understand why that's the rule. I understand why you go for two down 14. I, I get why that has become the commonly held belief. Not everyone does it, but it's the within the analytical community, certainly what the Ravens subscribe to, if you're down 14 late, you score a touchdown, you're going for two. Similarly, the Ravens did the thing when they're down by 15. They scored a touchdown. And the first time, you're supposed to go for two. Why is that? Because now you have more time, if you fail, to try to make up for it. Whereas if you're down by 15, you score a touchdown, you kick the extra point, you get back with an eight, you say, well, we're only down by one score, we only need one score, and then you score with 30 seconds left and you fail on the two-point conversion, there's, there's no time now for you to try corner. to make up for it. You have worked around the assumption that it's a one-score game and you don't have to do drastic things. You don't maybe have to kick an onside kick. And now you're screwed because you got to the end of the game and you don't have any time to make up for it. And you're definitely not getting the onside kick. Yeah, almost certainly at that point when they know it's coming. Um, so the, I, I get it. That too. I can understand the math of it. You need to know exactly, and you're not more likely to convert the two-point conversion at the end of the game than you are with six minutes left. So with six minutes left, you want to figure out exactly where you are. Are you going to be down by seven? Or are you going to be down by one score or by two scores? That way... You can sell out. You can make whatever decisions you have to make. You know you need to get chunk yards. You can't, don't have the time to put a drive together. Whatever it is, you've got to know that with as much time as you possibly can. All of those things I can accept and understand. The math works. This commonly held practice, a reliever doesn't stay out for two innings on the road or at home only on the road. I can get it, but I'm not yet at a place where I can fully accept it. And I just... It, I'm going to be shaking my head about it for some until the next time it comes up, which could be tonight. Could be very well that the exact same scenario plays out tonight, Probably. and I'm going to be banging my head against a wall.
saying, what are well, we wash, doing here? Wash, rinse, repeat. Although, with it being Colorado this weekend, my gut would tell me they would make a different decision. That they With with Colorado, I don't know who would start the first game. I don't even know if they have any good pitch. Does Colorado have any good pitchers? Eh. Do they? I genuinely don't know. I, I, don't I know have paid. I could not tell you anything at all about the, Colorado, the 2023 Colorado Rockets. Does Todd Helton still play yeah, for them? I, mean, I don't know. I've seen a lot of Matt Holiday in the news this year. Maybe he's still in Colorado. I have no idea if they have a good pitcher. But I would think with the Rockies coming to town this weekend um, that they would be more inclined tonight in the same situation to use two innings of Felix Batista. I, I would almost bet that he would do that. If the exact same scenario presented itself, tie game, ninth inning, Felix Batista goes in, pitches 12 pitches or less, I would almost bet that tonight they would run him back out there for a 10th inning. So I'm, you know, I'm willing to continue having the conversation. I'm willing to listen. It's just it's very interesting to me. That's all. Did you have a trivia to go along with it or just that? No, just that. No trivia, no nerd's corner. You made my tire explode today. I got to be honest with you, we might I, need to be able not be able to have you back in next Friday. <laughs> well, you learned about it just now, so this might be it. Might be it. All right, uh, here's what's coming up, Totally Tubular-wise. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Kyle Gibson indeed goes to the Burrs tonight against Jose Barrios uh, on Masson at 7 o'clock. Not Masson 2 tonight, just regular Masson at 7 o'clock. Uh, it also happens to be on MLB Network if you are in the Dallas or Minneapolis markets. rest of the baseball you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Men's college soccer season gets underway tonight. Maryland hosts Missouri State at 8.30 on Big Ten Network+. Plus. UMBC's at George Mason at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Loyola's at North Carolina at 7.30 also on ESPN+. Plus. Round one of the PGA's Tour Championship to determine the champion, the, the guy that nobody will remember. Nobody with their life on the line. Do we need to bring Drew back remember. in nope, here? Sure as hell do not. <laughs> Round one, 1 o'clock on uh, Golf Channel. Some WNBA tonight. You can find that at glennclarkradio.com. If you're a pervert, you can watch preseason football. Steelers-Falcons, 7.30 on NFL Network. This is wacky bit where whenever I put on NFL N in my, like where I write this, it automatically corrects it for me for NFL, to just say NFL. Like, because I want it to say on right. NFL Net, like yeah. NFL N. I guess everybody knows what NFL means. I guess that's understood. <laughs> Steelers Falcons 7:30. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at eight. Did you prepare the non-sports tubular portion of this? I did not. You really struggled today, Ryan. I, I gotta be I, honest I with you. I wasn't told. I this don't part. know what was lost in translation here, but a big, big O for three. <laughs> big O for three. Uh, I would call this the uh, Jorge Mateo performance. I can't get a bunt down? No. I can't steal first no, base? No, we learned that. But you did uh, have that inside the park home run the other day, so you got that going for you, which is nice. My first home run in four months. Hopefully it's nothing that matters. Hopefully there's nothing that I would like to talk about or that I want to watch, because I wouldn't know unless Griffin tells me. I didn't know about Bishop Sycamore until yesterday when he told me. I was like, ah, I'm excited about it. Until the dude followed you on Twitter. Yes, and then I was not excited at all and hope he never finds my address. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks today to... Um, Jerry DiNardo. Thanks to DJ Glaze from Maryland Football as well as to Ben Verlander. We're gonna get, do you know what you're supposed to do here? Are you aware of this? No, I didn't. All right. We're going to get it all of it up in the greatest hits section of the archives tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the program, uh, Jacob Webb from the Orioles is going to check in with us. We will do our first picks session of the year. Ken Zalas is going to join us in the studio, so we'll also talk some fantasy football with him. I assume Bo Smoke will be checking in with us as well. 
All that on a Friday edition of the show. Do I have to be present for the pick segment? No, he will send you the picks tonight. Oh. The games. Okay. And you will just email him back okay. what your picks are. Okay. But you have to get them back by the time the show starts, or else you don't get to like wait and find out what everybody else picked and then make your picks. If you don't get it back by the time we pick, you get no for it. That's the way that it goes. Well, what if I need to like build up in the win the win total to what? What if I'm like sand like what if I'm sandbag below everybody and I need need to make other picks to make no nope. to, to... not the way it works. You don't. Well, get that's the... not fair. No, that's that's everybody gets to make the picks at the same time. Everybody gets to make their picks. Nobody gets an advantage. That's the way that it works. What I would encourage well, you to do is well, they're not made at the same time. They're just revealed at the same time. Well, but nobody knows. You don't know what anybody else's picks are. Oh. That's the point. You have no clue. I do need to start having Griffin send his to somebody else because he's the one person that knows what everybody else's yeah. picks are. All right, so this year we'll have Griffin send his picks to somebody else as well. Didn't, didn't it need to be in like an envelope? Uh, no, 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 go that far. But first picks tomorrow. All right, uh, thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the Maryland Five Star, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Washington County, the Maryland Cycling Classic, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Ryan, at RexSpecsRyan on Twitter is how you follow him, and uh, maybe you'll be seeing him again, apparently. Thanks to uh, Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks.